is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. But you got to dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's our brand-new toll-free number, 1-855-450-3733. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com, and we will give you the features on the site for free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their websites. Once again, freetalklive.com. Much to discuss here tonight, including another curfew in the news. Now, it it wasn't much more than a week ago, I think, that, Mark, uh, we were discussing this, and you were kind of taking the side of the curfew advocates. Uh, The story that we were originally discussing was Chicago, where they had decided to expand the curfew. So Chicago's had a curfew for decades for people under the age of 18. And there's a different curfew that is an earlier curfew for people 12, I think it was 12 and under. And so we we discussed a number of aspects of having curfews and, in my opinion, why it's a bad idea and how it punishes the good kids uh, because there's some bad kids uh, that might be out there. And anyway, the news about it was that they were ratcheting it down so that they were ratcheting it up rather that uh, the 12 and unders and the 17 and unders would be uh, it would be a more restrictive curfew. And now it's happening in Philadelphia, where, according to CBS News, Mayor Michael Nutter announced a tighter weekend curfew in the center city and university city regions of the city. So apparently targeting certain areas as opposed to the full city of Philadelphia. Okay. As he continues grappling with the threat of flash mobs in Philly. Nutter today... Aren't flash mobs just... uh, Dancing? Dancing. That's what I've always heard them as. Is this... Instead, so, well, sort of like a low-level riot? Mm, that's a good question. A flash mob, I think, is technically any group that is organized via social networking measures like texting or Facebook or They're blaming Facebook for what's Twitter. going on in, in London right now, too. Right. So, uh, so the idea of a flash mob is that it is, is something that is organized quickly and uh, or organized to where people just converge on a certain location. They were made famous by people that would go and dance or have like a large pillow fight, for instance, uh, relatively harmless uh, activities. However, I believe that the flash mob has also been used in much more destructive ways, for instance, like calling a flash mob on the local Walgreens and then having a bunch of thugs go in and clean the place out. Yeah, I'll tell you what, um, you know, if you if you did have, you know, some kind of I, I, I never considered this. I don't generally think this way. But if you had 50 people converge on a store for the purposes of looting it for what they could get out of it, mm-hmm. th- they're there would be absolutely nothing they could do. Right. If you show up with a baklava, a balaclava and a sack, you're going to be tackled by store clerks or somebody right. and uh, you know wait and they're going to wait for the police to get you. However, if you and 49 of your friends show up in 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 a ski mask and a sack, then it's just the, the place is cleaned out. There's no more uh, you know those puffy yeah. Cheetos that I really like. It's really uh, disrespectful. I mean, it is really something that younger kids, teenagers are doing, bored teens that don't have a job. That uh, this is just well, the what government doing. doesn't let them get jobs. By mind right, you, right? Uh, this is what they're doing for fun. I mean, down here in Keene, there's bored teenagers causing trouble as well. They're stealing balloons from local businesses' uh, frontage area and they're inhaling the balloons. I mean, it's just. They just have nothing better to do. 
If you can it, buy a helium tank at Walmart for like $20. Can you, you really? Yeah, if you really want to inhale helium that bad. Well, but they don't want to pay for it, right? Uh-huh. So they'd rather just steal the balloons off of somebody's, you know, front, well, it's front funny, of funny, I suppose. I mean, you know, you got... Not if you're the business owner. You can talk... Not if you're the business owner and you paid, you know, $150 to rent a, a tank of helium or something like that. So... Anyway, it, it, this is what kids are doing. They're causing trouble, and it's just – it's sad, but it's not a justification for what this guy is proposing. He described those engaging in the flash mob rampages as a minority of ignorant, reckless fools. Then – and I'd agree with that – then flanked by dozens of law enforcement and community leaders, he spelled out a substantive, though temporary, change – In the city's curfew for two key areas on Friday and Saturday nights, anyone under the age of 18, so there's no two-tier thing like there is in Chicago where there's a a 12 and under and then 13 to 17. This is anybody under the age of 17 in those areas must now be off the streets by 9 p.m. That's pretty restrictive. Um, I mean, when I was 17 years old, I think my curfew was uh, midnight or... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think mine was pretty late, too, at 17. Something yeah. like that. I mean, you know, at that point, you're an adult, basically, until the... You're, you're essentially an adult, uh, you know, in a few more months or whatever. So you have to be given some of those freedoms that an adult has. I mean, does it really make sense to this guy that he can keep uh, 17-year-olds off the street, but you, you not 18-year-olds? Right. You pretty much are saying here that if you're 16 years old and you want to go see a 7 o'clock movie you're sol because you know a lot of movies an hour and a half to two hours you yeah. add in the uh, the add in the advertisements on the front of the film is it weekend or weekday this is the weekend. That, the weekend see that is crazy mm-hmm. yeah there's it's, no it's nuts anybody could justify that at all nine o'clock is early yeah this is uh it's, that doesn't make much sense to me at all and i don't think it's going to be very successful in in getting what he wants done i mean he's just assuming that it's only kids under the age of 17 that are doing this that are causing problems but when yeah. the government has made it so difficult for businesses to hire people who are 15 16 17 years old mm-hmm. They don't have any work experience at 18, so they don't have jobs at 18 either. Right. And, you know, I don't see why this is going to – I don't see how this is going to be effective. I don't see how it's just or effective. Well, and it's going to be worse than just a curfew because he's going to get the parents uh, involved here, So, or he's going to attempt to threaten them. Uh, according to the mayor, when parents come to pick up their curfew violators, they'll be told to keep track of their child and – if you don't even bother to pick up your child, we are immediately calling the Department of Human Services, and you can then be taken to court for other violations, including neglect of your child, he warned. Neglect? Uh, so, basically, they're saying here that uh, they're going to try to contact the parents. If the parents don't come to pick up their child, for who knows what the reason would be. Maybe they're at work. Maybe they, you know, pulling an extra long shift uh, during an overnight or something like that. Maybe they don't work regular hours like people at City Hall do. Yeah. Um, this is absolutely the, the case when it comes to the government workers. Government workers believe, by and large, that if you don't work 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., your voice doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, up here in, in New Hampshire, I don't know what it's like around uh, the other places, but I mean, for one, try to imagine, uh, you know, if you do have a job, how you get in to see, if you work 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., how do you go see the people that work 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. when you have some kind of problem with the government? You have to take time off work. Mm-hmm. Secondly, if they have uh, town meetings at 7 p.m. or whatever around here in, in New Hampshire, this is always the case. 7 p.m. for everything. I work Monday through, uh, excuse me, uh, Tuesday through Sunday. 
from 6 to 10. I can't go into your little 7 o'clock meeting to find out whether or not, you know, this little proposed rule or that little proposed rule is a good idea. I would say that's largely changing, too, The that I'm not everybody, more and more people don't work a 9 to 5 job now. Yeah, I mean, when, hours <laughs> everywhere are extending and, and becoming more convenient to the consumer in whatever field you do. So there's a lot a lot more jobs that have those those long, late hour, and weekend hours. Indeed. So, uh, so again, threatening parents. Uh, Nutter also asked for the public's help. He said, we need the community to be our eyes and ears on the ground. That means snitching. It couldn't mean anything else. This is not just a policing problem. This is not just a Philadelphia Police Department challenge. This is a challenge for all of us as community members and community leaders. In addition, he said that 20 city recreation centers will be open later until uh, 10 o'clock on Friday and Saturday nights. Twelve minors were cited for Hold curfew. On. The recreation centers are going to be open later than the curfew. Than the curfew. So how do, what happens if they have to walk home? Well, like if you're out past curfew, you're out past curfew. Twelve minors will be cited for curfew violations, or had been cited for curfew violations this past weekend. The temporary 9 p.m. curfew, he says, will be reevaluated when the school year starts. So you've got a curfew in California, excuse me, not California, Chicago. You've got a curfew in Philly. Uh, how many other places do these things exist? Because... You know, I don't live in all these places, so I don't know There's where they are. There's curfews in Florida. Well, I always oh, thought yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, who knows? When you're when you're a kid, you. I mean, it's not like you go look the law up. How would right. you do it? I I always I wasn't even sure whether there was a curfew. I was always under the impression maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. There's more coming up here. Eight five five four five zero free. That's eight five five four five zero thirty seven thirty three. Feel free to share your curfew experiences coming up. Free talk live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated, so send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free at 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Mark. Actually, who else is here? That is the second time you've done that to me. Not tonight. And Julia. (laughs) So uh, 855-450-FREE is the number here tonight. You can uh, bring up whatever's on your mind, and you can join us on our website, at freetalklive.com, we've got a webcam. You can go and watch and listen and interact there over at the cam page. In fact, uh, the webcam allows you to uh, – there's the chat room built into the same page there uh, – allows you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. All of it's free over at cam.freetalklive.com. Again, our number here, 855-450-FREE. Uh, we're going to continue here more on the flash mob situation coming up here in moments. Have the recent debt debates drained your battery and made you feel like you're out of gas? Here's Mike Buck from Nature Bee with a plan that'll change all that in a hurry. In a quick hurry. Hello there, Mark, and hello, everybody. Nature Bee will recharge your battery and top off your tank. That's a fact. You'll notice a big boost in your energy. You'll do all the things you want to do. Maybe a weekend hike this weekend, jog around the park, fun night out on the town, who knows, better yet, 
You'll have a strong immune system. That will give you better sleep and digestion. And it's all from the support from the 27 vitamins and amino acids, 28 minerals, and all those antioxidants found in Nature Bee Plant Pollen. Pure organic vegetable food, and all you need is two capsules a day. Yeah, you can't find it in shops. There's no driving around, wasting your time, or gasoline, which costs so much these days. Just pick up the phone and call toll-free and order, or, or you can order online. Right, Mike? Simple, simple. And you know what? With a money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to risk. You call toll-free or you go online. Order direct from Nature Bee in Clean Green, New Zealand. Huge six-month supplies, just ninety nine ninety five plus delivery. You order today, we give you three more months for free. That works out to be 37 pennies a day. Call toll-free, get it rolling. one 866 834-8355, all the way to Auckland, New Zealand, 866-834-8355, or right now online, naturebee, that's naturebee.com. <laughs> those, uh, those folks you have answered the phone in, in Auckland, New Zealand, they're nice gals. I ordered my Nature Bee on, uh, on the telephone. I, I called the, the toll-free number, 866-834-8355, and I ordered mine, and I, you know, it to me, it, it's made, it makes my life better. That's the reason I, I pay for Nature Bee, and I, I really enjoy it. 866-834-8355 or go online to naturebee.com. Our number here tonight is one eight five five four five zero free. That's 3733. And you can bring up anything. Uh, the topic of the, the idea of a curfew is back in the news, this time with Philadelphia expanding their curfew or, or perhaps restricting it. Even further, if that's the way you want to look at it, uh, they're basically making it so that people under the age of 18 will no longer be able to be out in the streets after nine o'clock at night on Friday and Saturday nights. I don't know what the curfew is during the week. I can't imagine the weekday curfew would be uh, later, but uh, maybe it doesn't uh, seem very likely. Maybe yeah. they just don't have one on the weekdays because they don't feel like they have a problem on the weekdays. I don't know, but what I mean, g- generally these are reactionary things. Sure, they are. I mean, we've got kids; they're causing us problems. How do we get rid of the kids? Well, we can always have a curfew. No adult would ever put up with it, but kids will. Um, uh, you know, no one cares about that, and so they, you know, they, they trot this out. Oh, I bet adults would put up with it. No, if they were, if there was a curfew for adults, I bet adults would be inside. I don't think so. You don't think so? You don't I, think people I, are I, that I, obedient? I, I think they are. I don't. I. I think that that would. I think that would cause a real problem. They'd probably groan about it and moan about it, but they'd. You know, they'd go along with it. They don't want to get a ticket. Nobody no. wants to go to court. I, it's hard for me to imagine. What do you think? Eight five five four five zero free. That's eight five five four five zero thirty seven thirty three. Now the uh, flash mob that he was referring to. There was one recently, uh, according to CBS News in Philly. Uh, the latest mob cut right through the heart of Center City and. The sudden random violence of these mobs that they've seen in the city and Upper Darby make them hard to predict and even harder to prevent. Apparently, in all, 59 people were beaten and briefly hospitalized in this most recent event. Police say the group numbering between 20 and 40 rampaged through Center City around 9 o'clock. There's not a lot of detail here as to what exactly rampaging means. Sounds Uh, like they hurt people. But it sounds like they're just randomly attacking people. In which case, it's incredibly outrageous. Yeah, this um, could be, this could be something that uh, you know. This, this certainly could be something that would seem like uh, young people. I'm not saying just teenagers, but young people could, could be involved in. Sounds like some fun to do, and they've got nothing better. And what you know, would stop them from? Doing I think it idle s- hands do the devil's work. I really do. What would stop them from having such a flash mob at six o'clock? Why is it that they would need to do it at 9 or 10 or 11 o'clock at night? Well, I think that crime does generally happen at night. People are more predisposed to do it. Maybe it's the cover of darkness. I'm not exactly sure why, but 
it's and and you know there are fewer people out um, at at night. Fewer people are out roaming around, mm-hmm. and as you've said many 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 times, it is the the populace that keeps order, not the police. It's true. So um, when you have more populace out at say six, and there's a the crowd that goes through, somebody could pull out a gat and cap a couple of these kids. Is that legal in Philly to carry one? What difference yeah. does it make? If you felt, well, if you, for one, if it's, if it's legal, more people are likely carrying them. I believe that there's a law. Um, you know, I, I believe in most states that if you use a gun to defend yourself, that uh, you, you're you're in pretty good shape in some situation like this. There are certainly ones where it's not so so okay, but I, like I said, I'd rather be I'd, I'd rather be uh, tried by six than carried by twelve. So whatever it is. So then, Mark, you are, you would agree with me then that this curfew is uncalled for in this case. Nine yeah, o'clock at absolutely. night. Absolutely, it's nuts. Friday and Saturday nights in Philadelphia, and it's. I have a hard time believing that people, our kids, are actually going to follow this, especially seventeen-year-old kids. Well, uh, it's going to be the parents. Apparently, they're going to be held responsible if uh, if a seventeen-year-old child decides to leave the house. And of course, a lot of seventeen-year-olds are big enough to where you can't physically stop them. So if they decide to leave the house, then they're talking about going after parents with criminal charges in those particular cases. Yeah, what, do you, what do you do as a parent if um, they say that first they're going to take your kid and warn you and when you pick them up, they're, they're going to warn you and all that stuff. What do you do if your kid keeps – what do they do if your kid keeps on showing up in their custody? Uh, I guess they're going to take your kid from you because uh, the, the mayor already said that they're likely going to call the Department of Children and Families but or whatever. But they're going to take a 17-year-old kid who's going to turn eight. I feel like by the time that legal process actually was carried true, out that the kid matter. would be 18. Yeah, true. But that doesn't mean that – that's a that's a true statement, but that doesn't mean that they won't still go after the parents, right? So if the child is uh, the teen, it's not right to call him a child. If the teenager is is you know seventeen years old and he's sneaking out and getting caught, and then they come back and they tell the parents, all right, well, we're charging you with neglect. It won't matter if he turns eighteen during that whole process. Maybe they won't be able to successfully remove him from the home, but they'll still continue with the prosecution. That really stinks for parents because. I mean, if you're anything like I was when I was 17, I did not care what my parents said. Like, I did what I wanted. I felt like an adult, and I, you know, I went out when I wanted to go out. And there's nothing my parents could have said have said to me to, to stop me from doing that, because, you know, I was an angry, reckless teenager. They could have put some bars up on your windows. Well, and that, that's what pe- parents are going to have to do. Did you have a job? I did. did you, at what age did you get one? 14. Okay. Because I just, I feel like generally... I wasn't sneaking out and, and doing anything, like, bad, like, ruining property or hurting people yeah, i was just, just having fun i'm just i'm just wondering i mean i had a job yeah. too when i was young but right. I, I feel like most of the kids that are out doing you know stuff that they probably aren't employed toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 i would guess you're probably right about that mark because being employed might instill a sense of responsibility in a young person we're coming up this is free talk live thousands of years ago From the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you this evening is Ian. And Julia. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We will give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. We've got a mobile site, as a matter of fact. If you've got a smartphone, you want to get quick access to our live streams and or podcast, go to m.freetalklive.com. That's amazonmobile.freetalklive.com. Have you ever wondered how they could possibly fix the debt crisis in Washington? Jeff, Jeff Miron, a Harvard economist, makes it real clear what the problem is and proposes a solution. You can go see this video and several others at, uh, our, of our favorites over there at uh, learnliberty.org slash FTL. This video is just a little over a minute long, and it condenses the problem down real quick. When you're there, check out the Learn Liberty Academy link on the right-hand side of the page. It's a course for people who want free Online continuing education in economic economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. So we've been talking about the curfew in not Chicago this time, but Philadelphia, where it's now 9 o'clock on the weekends for anybody under the age of 18. If you're out and about, you're in trouble. What if you're with your parents? Like what if you this and your mom question. went to see a movie together? That's a good question. So, okay, how many people are going to be, eh, I suppose, how many people who are 17 would likely be out with somebody who's older than, than they are? So, for instance, you know, maybe a 17-year-old Not out terribly with, common. Yeah, I guess, it, I guess it wouldn't be that common. Uh, so, I suppose if you were with somebody who was older, they could claim to be your parent, but what if they didn't have their identification on them? Right? This is out of your house, right? This is anywhere outside. Okay, because I can think of an example. Two weekends ago, I went to a family reunion, mm-hmm. and there was a barbecue one night then this huge party the next night and there were definitely family members that were under 18 so and and, i mean they were with we were all with our family having a good time the adults were drinking the kids were mingling i don't know but if that you're telling me that if this particular event was in philadelphia it would be totally illegal i I doubt that they they don't mention that this is you're talking about specifically private property not even Public, private, okay. you know, where like a business. But if or you're something leaving like that. and you get pulled, if like your parents it's got pulled over, yeah. Well, if you were in Chicago, for instance, now this is Philly we're talking about, but in Chicago the restriction is you can be in the front or backyard of your home, but you can't be anywhere else. See, this wasn't in. I mean, this was in a rented like right. venue, you know. Mm. So everybody else who everybody who went there would technically be breaking the law if they were Again, I don't have the curfew statute in front of me. All we have are the news reports about it and so uh it's ordinance whatever. Yeah. So uh so we don't have the actual text of it. There probably is some sort of an exception for if you're out and about with your parents, but I bet they'd still give you a lecture. This... Like if if you got uh you know the cops come up to you and they'll say, "Look, you know that you're not supposed to be out past uh, to, we're going to let you go because it's mom and dad that have you out, but you know parents that uh, if your kids are out past this certain time they're violating curfew see that seems absolutely crazy to me i think it's crazy that curfews even exist in the first place i think it's just absolutely outrageous Uh, i remember being younger and never even thinking one thing never thinking once about curfew i've never i never even heard of of a curfew as i was growing up i got caught with curfew twice and i same as you never gave it any thought at all just where were you living at that time um the, well, I was on the East Coast of, of Florida, Florida, and this is state law, actually, 
Really? I don't know if it's limited just to driving, but I wasn't driving, so I'm pretty sure it's just state law. I know there's some statutes on the back of the license that say it, but I think it's if you're 16, it's 11, and if you're 17, it's 12, and there I are exceptions. I believe those are driving, because I, I remember hearing about those when I, was, when I was younger, and I remember hearing about the exceptions where if right. you're driving home from work, that they'll yep, cut you a pass those. on that one. Well, I wasn't driving, and we, they just told us, both times they just told us to go home. Um, right. I don't know. I've heard of curfews. I don't think that's an uncommon thing. I, I think what we're talking about now is that they're just more strictly enforcing it. And, well, they're more strictly enforcing every law out there. And, you know, I, I guess the assumption is that they're going to they're going to solve one of these problems. And I, I think that that's I, I don't th- I don't think they have any other solutions. What well, right, else can they do? Right. That's just it. It's an admission on their part that they can't handle this. Like there are kids that are causing trouble in the streets in Philly and Chicago. And it's essentially the government saying, well, our cur- our current situation is that we just can't our, our police can't respond to this. We don't know how to handle it. So we're just going to go ahead and try to tighten down the vice on everybody rather than focus on those who are actually causing trouble. We're going to go ahead and focus on anybody that looks under the age of 18 walking around after nine o'clock at night. Yeah, one person when we were talking about this last time came up with the idea of look, we just need more good people on the streets, and I think that this is this is really the case that good people need to to be out there, and you know the they sort of they you know just their very presence diminishes anything else that can happen. People are you know they they're not they're less likely to do something when there's a crowd around. Now I have no problem with the police investigating criminals and and real crimes where people are getting hurt. And this example of the flash mob in Philly is an example of people getting hurt. People ended up in the hospital. There were people that were being Well, people aren't even allowed to defend themselves uh, in in, in, in many of these sort of uh, major, old old major metros. You know, if you do anything to a criminal, they can sue you. If you have a weapon on you, you could go to jail. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the average person just can't defend themselves. Right, and when you take away the ability for the average person to defend themselves, that you leave them reliant on the cops. Right. The cops are impotent to do anything about it. They're busy running around, you know, doing something else. They don't know where the crime is going to be. How could they? Right, and and even if they did hear about a street mob of people going through and attacking folks, uh, you know, one cruiser is not going to want to show up to that. They're going to need a whole army of police officers. Well, even if the one cruiser does want to, his uh, the, the brass is going to say, "You you stay where you are until we get you back up." Mm-hmm. Right, officer safety and everything. Right, they don't want to pay the what it costs to you know. <laughs> well, it'd be it'd be psychotic for one cop to go into a group of of sixty people and att- and attempt to control that. I mean, that would be that would be nuts. If those sixty people were hurting people, he might be able to do something about it. Um, Maybe I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they're hurting people. Are they smacking them with chains and things like Good that? Question. I mean, to me, that's a fleeing felon situation. You can start capping people that do that. One eight five five four five zero free is the number. That's eight five five four five zero thirty seven thirty three. My biggest concern about the curfew is beyond the, just the restriction of everyone's freedom under a certain age after a certain time of night. I mean, just opposed to it based on that. But my real big issue with it is it's going to justify more police harassment of teenagers. It's going to give them even as yeah. though they didn't already target teenagers for harassment. Now they have an excuse to come up and, and bug you simply because you're there. Simply because you exist outdoors after a certain time of night right. gives it makes the cops as much reason sense. to come up and shake you down and, and give you a, a hard time. If these flash mobs wore red T-shirts when they did what they did, it, it makes as much sense outlawing red T-shirts as it does outlawing the time of day um, that mm-hmm. one can be out. I mean, it really just it it it, it whole, Wait a makes minute. no Haven't sense. Haven't they tried that before? Like with the Crips and the Bloods, like outlawing bandanas. I believe they have outlawing the gang colors. Certainly at schools. Yeah. Yeah. But then they would just wear different colors, and they, right. so it was it was baffling to how do we stop them from wearing red or blue? 
you could just make it so they can only wear gray, shades of gray. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uniforms. It would be like Pleasantville. one uh, 855 free is the number here. Uh, in other news, according to the Rasmussen reports, there's a pretty amazing poll that's been released here. Fewer voters than ever feel the federal government has the consent of the governed. Now, if you actually go through and you look at federal government and state government founding documents, like the Declaration of Independence, for instance, uh, the New Hampshire Constitution, I know for, for sure in the first, the Bill of Rights, the very first article, says it that very clearly that government of right is founded in the consent of the governed. And so here's uh, well, some interesting numbers showing you that uh, Rasmussen says a telephone survey has found that only 17%, and this is of likely voters, think that the federal government today has the consent of the governed. Oh, God. 17%, less than one in five people. You know, I, this is, uh, I, I kind of approached this a little bit um, during my interview that I just had before the show with Angela Keaton when she's uh, uh, from antiwar.com. She's talking about her new peace initiative. But this is, uh, you know, around the globe, there are things happening. Um, I, You know, you guys talked about the London riots uh, d- during yesterday's show, but this is amazing stuff that's going on. I mean, this the, the city is a light in uh, in, in the, 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 the center of you the mean universe. Yes. <laughs> A blaze in the center of the universe. London, the biggest you know city when it comes to banking and finance mm-hmm. in the world, and the little guy is uh, you know really upset that the uh, the big guys have been stuffing their pockets full of cash and haven't been sharing. Um, that's what it seems well, to me. That I don't know. I mean, I I haven't seen interviews with a variety of uh, protesters. Some of it I imagine seems to a bounce. bunch of people just want to burn some stuff. That too. Uh, more coming up at eight five five four five zero free. It's free talk live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You're welcome to comment on the situation regarding curfews around the country. Maybe you've got experience uh, with them, and you can tell us about that or bring up whatever it is that you want. We're also sharing with you interesting polling results from Rasmussen, finding that 17% of likely U.S. voters, people more likely to be in agreement with the system because their voters uh, are saying that uh, there's no consent of the governed here, that uh, only that the federal government has the consent. 17% say that the federal government has the consent of the government. I don't know that I even, I, I don't know that that statement that you've made makes any sense to me. Um, people that would be, uh, uh, would agree more with the system because they're voters, anybody can go vote. I mean, wouldn't one just argue that those that don't vote are just as happy with the system because they're proving that they don't vote? I suppose you could make that argument. I mean, there's, there's a slim, tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of people that will claim that they don't vote because it's an immoral activity or it is a pointless or something like that. But I think that... I think that most people that don't vote just don't care. I would say they that that's want, it. They don't want to pay attention, but that doesn't mean I would they love like to see the numbers. taxes... I I would love to see the numbers comparing um, voters and non-voters with the same question. That doesn't – just because they don't vote doesn't mean that – that 
just because they aren't voting doesn't mean that they like paying taxes or that they feel that they've given their consent to the government. Just because they don't vote doesn't mean anything is no all doubt. I'm saying. No I mean, I'm every, just talking about every my one of those same people has the right, has the ability to go out and vote if they're upset. Yeah. What we're told in this country, not that I believe it, is that voting is what you do if you're upset. So it, one could make just as an equal argument with when it comes to voters and say that, uh, you know, that voters are more likely to be upset with the government. We can get back into this, but we're going to get into your calls first. But first, if you're a cigarette smoker, I was too for many years, you know that crap's going to kill you. There's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save about $120 a month right off the bat switching to e-cigarettes, especially the, the Vaporsmiths e-cigarette because it is a it is a superior product than to the vast majority of them out there. You'll have no ashtray mouth, no smell, no secondhand smoke. You can use it anywhere. You don't have to go outside into the cold any longer. They've got free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cardamizers. Four cardi, 40, four D cardamizers is a, over $60, so you get the free shipping. Use coupon code FTL. Call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. It's 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com. Let's talk to Ray listening in Texas. Ray, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, you are talking about the whole curfew issue earlier? Yes, sir. Well, uh, I was just going to bring up the point that this has always kind of bugged me. I don't understand why there is a a set age that the government kind of mandates to, to call you an adult or whatever. I don't understand why it can't be, you know, younger than that or up to the parent whenever they feel that, or the individual whenever he feels that he's able to, you know, make those decisions that he should be considered an adult and, you know... Uh, it just doesn't seem right. That, I'd agree uh, with you on that, but the government just loves uh, – but they'd love to push the number back to 20 or 21 or something like that. I would say yeah. that you are not an adult until you can t- really take care of yourself. Yeah, that until, is the definition of an adult. Right, until you're ready to step out on your own and handle your own life and your own affairs. And, and your own financial situation. Yeah. So in that definition, stuff. I know many, many 25-year-olds who are not yet adults. Absolutely, but there, there's a lot of 14-year-olds that would be considered, you know, able sure. to do that. Yep. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Julia, yeah. you were just telling us during one of the breaks, you were at work at age yes. 14, whereas a lot of kids that are 14, they find it hard to get a job because they, you know, the federal government restricts people from being able to work at those ages, which means that they're more likely to go out and cause trouble. But you know, I don't think that the government has anything to do with telling people how they raise their kids, whether their kids are 16 or whether their kids are 24. You know, so I, I think that, you know, this is this really is a parental issue. Yeah, I agree. Good suggestion, Ray. Anything else you want to share? Oh, that was about it. Appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for the call tonight at one eight five five four five zero free. Let's continue with Daryl listening in Texas. Daryl, you're on Free Talk Live. I wanted to talk about the curfews. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I'm not sure how the Philly curfew is written, but I know where I'm from in Alabama. When I was in high school, I think I was either a junior or senior when they actually passed the curfew. And they made it 10 o'clock, but if you were out with your parent, it was okay. I see. So. You know, the situation that Julia was talking about, about the family get-together somewhere, that's okay because they're with family. They get a pass. They get a pass. Got it. But if you get off work at 10 o'clock, you're in danger on your way driving home. 
So they wouldn't give you an, ex, uh, an ex, I guess, an, an excuse for that, that one. They had no waiver if you were getting off work. It was a hard ten o'clock. And where was this? Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. Okay, okay. And, and what was odd? I worked in a different city that did not have a curfew, and I went to school in this other city, but I actually lived in Birmingham. But because I went to a county school instead of Birmingham City School, the boss wouldn't let me leave early. So pretty much every night I was technically practicing civil disobedience <laughs> by being out. Well, I don't know if it's civil disobedience. You're just breaking the law, dude. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were at risk. Did they ever pop you for it? Did they ever get you? Uh, I never got popped. Okay. Uh, none of the coworkers ever got popped. You're usually I, all right. If you are alone as a teenager at night driving, you're usually okay. The cops are usually going to charge, you know, they're going to go after the car loads of kids. If you've got three kids in the back, one up front, uh, you get a car full of kids, that's more like, far more likely to get a pullover than just, you know, the young teenage uh, male or female driving somewhere all by themselves, I, in my opinion. True. And uh, something else that I remember happened several years ago the cruising legislation became a big thing. The people that were actually getting punished were pizza delivery guys. What? Because they were the ones that the cops saw going up and down certain Oh, my streets. gosh. Yeah. That's so, like, funny. The first five guys that I ever heard about getting busted on the anti-cruising laws were all pizza delivery guys. Incredible. Because what the cops were doing, they were noticing cars that passed by and if the same car passed by say three or four times oh they're cruising the area so let's go pull and so over. even after discovering that they're a pizza delivery person they still went ahead and went through with ticketing the guy i believe they did yes I got hot pies the in the car. What do you want to do with me here? Yeah. You know? it's, it's all about the revenue. Hey, thanks for the call, Daryl. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. So back to these statistics from Rasmussen here. Uh, 17% of likely voters saying that the government today does – that uh, that they have the consent of the government. So 17% agree that the government has the consent of the government. 69% believe the government does not have that consent. And 14% are Said, undecided. Duh. The number of voters who feel the government has the consent of the governed, a foundational principle contained in the Declaration of Independence, is down from 23% in early May of this year and has fallen to its lowest level measured thus far. Repeat that one for me again. Uh, so early May they did the same study and it was uh, it's now down from 23% to 17%. People are really upset with the government during this this debt crisis thing. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm upset and I know that I, I'm cynical about what they're doing already you know they argue back and forth for months and months about uh, whether or not they're going to raise the debt ceiling and create a big hullabaloo finally they punt um, at the end of it all and um, then they get the whatever you know the punishment that they said they were gonna they were trying to avoid i mean it's just it's 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 enraging as far as i'm concerned this is great news for those of us in the liberty movement it shows that people are upset with the government they have been of course for a long time they just don't know what to do People don't. They can see that there's a problem. You'd have to be blind not to notice that there are problems. And they know what the problem is. It's government. They know that the government is, is awful. I don't consent to this. This is not something I would go along with. I'm only going along with it because I'm forced to.
right? That's why all these people have said pretty you've close. Got, yeah, you've got sixty nine percent of voters, likely voters, saying that they don't have consent. You don't have my consent, and I don't think you have the consent of people I know. <laughs> Uh, you've got 69% of people saying that, but you don't have 69% of the population withdrawing their consent by stopping obe- obeying well, the Well, the government. first thing they have to do is withdraw their consent, and then they can withdraw their, their money. I mean, that's... Well, that's all part and parcel, in my opinion. You, you withdraw your consent, and then you prove that you've withdrawn your consent by no longer consenting. Agreed, but it takes a, it's, a, it, it's an order of operations. You wouldn't withdraw your money before you withdraw your consent. You would have to withdraw your consent first. Everybody's going to go down that path um, at a different rate, and they'll... I hope so. It, it'll happen more as more people withdraw their consent. Yes, I know people are scared. That's the reason why they don't go all the way. I was talking with a local business owner recently who said that, you know, that that owner told me that uh, that the person was too afraid to do something like not pay property taxes or withdraw from paying income tax. They're just afraid. So you've got massive non-consent, but not mass non-compliance. And if you had non-compliance as much as you had non-consent, you'd have a big change coming. More coming up. Hour two's next. Free Talk Live at 855-450-FREE. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And I think our breaker actually... Uh, probably just flipped here in the studio, Mark. If you want to go and and uh, and take a look, I don't know if you know downstairs how to get down there. Yeah, but uh, I think one of the breaker flip uh, breakers has flipped here. So eight five five four five zero free. But we are still on the air thanks to our handy battery backup units. Anyway, so last hour we were talking about the consent of the governed, and the Declaration of Independence mentions this. Uh, it's one of the important factors. Government has to have the consent of the governed for it to be legitimate. And I'm just curious, who consents? Is there anybody listening who would consent to this? Who would consent to somebody taking, I don't know, 60% of their income, 40% of their income every single year and then spending it on whatever measures they wanted to, whether it be warmongering or you name whichever government program you dislike do you consent and at what point would you at what point would you stop consenting if you do consent are you one of those people 855-450-free is the number here 17% according to the Rasmussen survey here that was just done recently it's a national phone survey where they asked US voters likely US voters if they think the federal government has the consent of the governed and 17% said they do 69% says the government does not have consent, 14% undecided. But there's more 
first off, the 17% number is the lowest number they have measured in the history of doing this, this poll. So they've been doing the poll a number of times. That's ominous. Well, uh, it sounds like good news to me. I'm Telling. glad people are, are withdrawing their consent. Perhaps it's no surprise voters feel this way since only 8% believe the average member of Congress listens to his or her constituents. <laughs> 8% of the average voters, 8% That's of the right. average voters believe that their congressman listens to them. <laughs> Who are these idiots that believe that their congressperson listens Who to are them. the 8%? Well, that was my question before you just walked back in here after flipping the power back on. And thank you for that. Uh, but that was my question is, are you, those of you listening, are you that 17% that consents? Who is it that's consenting to this government besides government workers? Look, I know you guys consent. And that's wouldn't, it. That, wouldn't that be about right? Like how many people work for the government? It's a few million, right? Several million people. I couldn't tell you. I've I mean, heard the feds are the I've largest heard, employer in America. I've heard if you count, um, if you count, all government employees, municipal, state, and federal, and you count all companies that have contracts with the government. Right, then you go above fifty percent, right? That you, and that have some kind of business, basically contract, you know, mm-hmm. make some kind of money from the government and their employees. Then you've got something over fifty percent. To me, that seems uh, it's kind of pushing it as far as because there's a lot of disaffected government workers that don't believe government is very efficient oh, yeah. at all. And um, I'm sure there's plenty of contractors that don't like the government, but they'll take their money. If they can absolutely they can get it. So 8% saying that the average member of Congress listens to his or her constituents more than to their party leaders. That, too, is the lowest level measured to date. 84% think the average congressman listens to party leaders more than the voters they represent. Now, voter approval of the job Congress is doing has fallen to a new low uh, for the second month in a row. Only 6% now rate Congress's performance as good or excellent. So only six percent. Congress always takes it on the chin. Um, you know, it's it's one of those those things that Congress is always never going to get credit for anything good that's going on. Certainly, their number will will go up. But when you compare the president's uh, rating versus the Congress's rating, the president is always higher because there's a face. There's something for someone to connect with, and um, you know that. So. It, it's a really low number, but I, I also, eh, you know, everybody thinks that Congress is full of, you know, bad people. Now, I don't know what defines the political class here. I bet I, they're going to let me look this up if I want to. But 55% of them, when you start breaking down uh, what the what they consider different classes of people, then the numbers change a bit. So people in the political class, 55% of them believe the government has the consent of the governed. Uh, <laughs> so it's 55 uh, versus 17%. 17. Well, actually, no, because 17% is overall for everybody. But 55%, when you break it down to the I political see. class, say that the government has consent. So if you were to remove the political class, it's hard to say what it would go down actually, to. Actually, no, it's not, because uh, that w- those would be the mainstream voters and 77% uh, of those disagree. So when it's well, what about that agree? Uh, that doesn't mention that here. Okay. So that's a good. So uh, it's sixty nine percent disagree that the government has lost its consent. Is that right? Correct. Uh, no, and they they disagree that the government of, has consent. So they correct. disagree the government has consent, which is bad for the government. And that's seventy seven versus sixty nine. Correct. So when you take out the political class, it changes that sixty nine percent to seventy seven percent. 
that makes so sense. So if, if you were to assume that just – that the number of does would stay the same and mm-hmm. um, that you would just add the numbers from the one column to the other, then you would take um, an additional eight and yeah, say be, that – You'd be down to about 10 percent. Nine percent of, voters. of uh, voters. About one in ten. Of the average people, not yep. political class, average people would – nine percent. Man, that's stunning. Just let's go. Let's Fewer call it one, one in ten. In 10 yeah. Think that the government has the consent of the people. Right, man, that so. is really something. And I mean, <laughs> you know, everybody's angry, and no one will do anything. So, also, uh, by the way, they have asked a question regarding this debt ceiling agreement from Congress, where they raised the the debt ceiling just recently. Yeah, twenty two percent of voters nationwide approve of that new law, while fifty three percent disapprove. The majority of voters also disapproved of how both sides handled the debt debate. So it sounds like people are seeing, look, the average person is looking at this and they're saying, look, we know the problem is both sides, that it's not just the Republicans. This is Democrats. what I was hoping. If you remember, this is what I kind of hoped for initially. Um, you know, this has been a couple of years, but I said that, look, the, the American people are going through an incredibly unusual time frame. They went from an all Republican uh, Washington in from from 2000 was it 2000 to 2006 and then an all democrat uh washington from 2008 to 2010 and they're going to have to deal with that in their mind both of these parties doing the same stuff none of them changing anything they changed the rhetoric but that's it and how are they going to, you know, deal with that in their minds? And I'm really interested in how what that's the Tea Party obviously is uh, an offshoot of this to some extent, but you know now they have to deal with the Tea Party has now just been co-opted by the Republicans. I mean, it really I can't see any difference. Uh, uh, you, you mm-hmm, one sure. might say that the Tea Party is conservatives that really believe in fiscal conservatism. But they also believe in social conservatism. I don't think that that's what the Tea Party folks really got into. I don't know. I mean, I, when you when you see how the Tea Party folks vote in Washington, they vote for the military, and you're not. And I'm not saying that the military is the biggest problem as far as the budget goes. The, the biggest problem is really Medicare, Medicaid's, uh, and, and probably not even Medicaid. It's Medicare and Social Security. These are the two disastrous uh, things that are out there, and. Yes, those problems need to be addressed, but if you're going to address those problems, you really need to give somewhere. If you're not willing to give on military funding, you're not willing to give on tax increases, you're not willing to give in any way, shape, or form, you're not going to get what you want to get. Your thoughts are welcome at 855-450-FREE. That's one 450 3733 So are you one of those who consents? I just want to know. I mean, God, there's got to be somebody out there. Who doesn't work for the government, who is consenting. Somebody who says, yes, this is exactly what I want. This is – maybe it's not perfectly what I want, but I can I, – I would say it's majority of what I think is a government should be doing, and I consent. This so is you're great. asking for one of the one out of ten people, the people that don't work for the government but do consent to the govern, yeah. government? Yeah, they I don't think there's there. – okay, of, first off, you have to figure out how many people did they talk to that had a language barrier? barrier. Mm-hmm. How many people weren't paying attention um, and just said, yeah, yeah, whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when you start taking those numbers out, you have a very small percentage of the population that it says, heck yeah, those folks in Washington, D.C., they're doing exactly what I want. I love them. Nobody says that. I mean, they all, they all uh, you know, hate Washington, D.C., but, but the they don't know what to do is, about it. That's right. 
That's the ultimate question is when will these people who are so frustrated finally decide to take action and do something about their frustrations? And I don't mean violently. I mean peacefully, of course. 1-855-450-FREE. Your thoughts are certainly welcome at 855-450-3733. Coming up at Ice Cream Crack. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. And the toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Of course, you can join us on our website as well at freetalklive.com. And you can grab archives. We've got a whole bunch of them there going all the way back to late 2006. And it's all free for you over at freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we all have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. I get it. I do some of my show prep from there. It's freedomsphoenix.com. So we continue. Uh, coming up in Ice Cream Crackdown, we'll explain what that's all about. This time is not against a little kid, uh, but let's first talk to Jeremy in Rhode Island. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, hi, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, um, I went to, I uh, this morning, I went out to my car. I moved it. Uh, in Providence, Rhode, let me start off. In Providence, Rhode Island, they don't have any overnight street parking. Okay. They don't allow it. They'll give you a ticket. Where does your car go at night? <laughs> That's a good question. I guess it has to go in a driveway or a lot. Okay. Um, so I'm dating a girl in Providence, and I went over, and I had parked my car in the driveway overnight. And in the morning, I moved it out so other people who live in that household could get their vehicle out. And I put it on the street, and I didn't realize they had two-hour street parking during the day. Hmm. Mind you, this is just this is basically suburbs. In this section. So, what, the wait a minute, only, there's no signage to indicate two-hour parking? There's one sign, and it's on the other end of the street. Right. This is this is the thing about parking, is I feel like you have to really live in a particular area. And I'm not even talking about a city, mm-hmm. but just an area to understand what the parking rules are. They try to put them on one of these signs, and it's really difficult to know. Uh, you yeah, know, I can I mean, tell you arrows, right arrows point one way, they point the other. You don't know what the hell they're talking about. You don't, you, you know, not everybody. There's so many signs in our lives, we don't see any right. of them. How do you know what to do? I couldn't figure it out when I was in Toronto when Julia and I were there a few years ago. I, I could not figure out the parking situation there we got a ticket yeah we ended up getting ticketed for but it. one has to ask oneself a parking ticket is general is, is a non-moving violation generally only enforced inside the uh, the borders of the whatever municipality it is that you're dealing with so why pay a parking ticket if you get a parking ticket in toronto and you have no I intention of returning what's the problem what's happened to you since uh Nothing. leaving toronto because if you do go they'll boot your car and 
that moment. In, in your case, steal your vehicle. In your case, you're going to Providence on a regular basis to see a girlfriend, and that makes you, you know, you you could get booted. But if you're not going to get booted. You know, I got a parking ticket in Washington D.C. one time. I didn't pay it because why do you? Why would why would you pay a parking ticket in some other municipality? So it was, by the way, a hundred dollar parking ticket. Jeremy, That's what it is in New York City. It's nuts. What is it that happened? Uh, you know, you got this ticket, so go ahead. Well, I, I got it, and I had nothing. I had uh, nothing scheduled in the morning. I wasn't intending to do this, but I said it was for twenty dollars, which isn't a whole lot, but it's enough. You know, if someone came up and took twenty dollars out of my wallet, I would be. I wouldn't be too happy with that person. Um, so they have a, a paying address that you can go to um, to pay in person. And it doesn't specify any terms of payment. So I went, I went to my bank, and I got um, $18 in pennies and $2 in nickels. And, and are I these in rolls? A, these are rolled pennies? These, these were rolled. Okay. They were rolled. So I went there in person, and um, I I waited in line, and it came up, and I and you know they got the glass window in between, and you can only slide a little bit into the into a little uh, you know little area to slide underneath the window, and I started putting the pennies down, uh, the rolls of pennies down, and the government worker there, she started off immediately. Oh, we can't take pennies. So well, I promise it's real. It's real U.S. money. I, 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 I it's not fake. It's legal tender. Mm-hmm. And she, oh no, no, you have to write your name and address. So I, I went over. I started doing it, and I realized it was absurd to try to write my name and address on rolls of pennies. That's the purpose so of it. I got back in line. I'm sorry. That's the purpose of it. They want to, you know, they, they, they. they they don't really care whether they get the pennies or not, I don't think. I think it's what, that they don't want you protesting. They don't want you to be able to say, this is a bad idea, and so they're, they're, they're pulling your teeth. They want you to obey. Yeah. You obey and smile about it. Right. Do as we tell you, and then we'll let you give us the pennies. Well, so I, I went back in line because I was going to cut back and mess up other people's days who were just going to pay. And this the supervisor came out. Middle-aged man came out and are you the gentleman paying with pennies? Yes. Can you help me? They they said they won't take my pennies, but they they are real. You know, it's there's definitely twenty dollars here. They're all rolled. Oh well, we can't take pennies. <laughs> now, when I had went in, they have a police officer because it's a municipal building, and the cops are there. And so wait, wait let me see um, if I can follow this. First, they won't take pennies. Then they will take the pennies if you write your address on them. Then they won't take pennies. Yes. Go ahead. And when I went in there, when I first entered the building, they got the metal detector, and there's an actual cop. Where is this? And there's a big, fat cop on uh, Providence, Rhode Island. I know, but what office is this that, uh, that has it's, a metal detector? It's called the it's, it's a municipal uh, judicial building or something like that. They so, got the Providence the traffic so court, a court in there and everything. Okay, so it's a court building. Got it. Yes, okay. but it's a mixed, multi-purpose building. Understood. And it's, you know, this big, fat cop. I mean... God knows why he even had. I mean, he's got a gun and a badge. It's glorified security. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he had said that they'll only take ten dollars worth, and other people have tried it before. And I said, oh, well, I'm just here to pay my fine. I, you know. Uh, so when when the gentleman, the supervisor, came out and he was explaining, well, we can't take this. I said, well, I'm not. I, you know, this is what I have. I didn't start this morning off uh, planning to have money extorted off of me. But since you guys are demanding I pay this or you'll steal my car, this is what I have. Well, you have to bring it to a bank. I said, well, I don't, no, I don't have an account with any of the banks. They won't do business with me. Well, 
You don't have one listed? He started listing off names of banks. I said, no, well, how do you pay bills? I said, uh, I do MoneyGram. But I, I, you know, I, I'm not choosing this interaction. You guys are forcing me to interact with you. I didn't enter in and say, I want to enter into a contract and pay the city of Providence. Mm-hmm. And you can just kind of see the disdain behind it. So he said, well, well we, can't, we don't accept pennies here. Wow. And went back in and hid away. So I went back in line. And I went up, when it was my turn, I went up to the window and I just started taking rolls of pennies and putting them on the desk <laughs> in the window. And was this the same clerk or a different one? Same clerk. Okay. And she's, well, we can't take those. I said, well, I'm just trying to pay. Here you go. You can take them. Did you use the term legal tender at any point? I, I just wonder. It, to me, this always, it, that would be the thing that would kind of trumpet. Look, the people in your business, the government business, say that this money is good for all debts, foreign and domestic, or whatever they say. Public and private. Public and private is what they say. Well, here's where it gets interesting, though. They say a fine isn't debt. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Government loves their euphemism. God, they'll say anything. So you actually did try saying that, and that's what their response was? If I don't know the debt to you, I'm leaving and not giving you any money. There's more from there. I know, so stick with us, Jeremy. We will uh, bring you back here, and you can tell us about it. There was actually an activist recently who went down to the local building because they wouldn't take a debit card for like car registration or something like that, some sort of fine. And so he went and got pennies. Instead, went and paid with uh, pennies. They didn't have any problem with it here. More coming up, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. We invite you to our website, freetalklive.com. Do head over there and get interactive. You can enjoy the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program, shrine.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. The Ruger's new SR40C is the compact version of the recoil-reducing, striker-fired SR40 pistol, one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-size 40 caliber pistols in the market today. The SR40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as uh, those are um, used on so many great Ruger pistols, uh, offering the same features, including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible back strap, and amnidextrous controls. The SR40C features a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or an alloy stainless steel slide with a nitrodox Pro Black Finish. You could see it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. That's Ruger.com. As we continue here, Jeremy is on the line in Rhode Island and was recently visiting his uh, girlfriend there, got a parking ticket, went down to pay the ticket, and brought pennies with him. 
uh, brought rolled pennies. So it wasn't like he just dumped a whole bunch of pennies out in front of this bureaucrat. They were rolled up, and he had $18 in pennies and uh, a few bucks in, I think, nickels as well, $2 in nickels. And uh, they refused to take it from him. He then uh, talked to some sort of a supervisor who also refused to take it, though at one point they were going to take it if he would write his name and address on the rolls, which is a very difficult thing to do because, well, it's hard to write on something that's round. And so they know that's a, that's a hassle, and they, they want you to jump through their hoops before they'll take the legal tender that you're offering them, which the federal government has said that the, this money is supposed to be used for paying any debt, public or private. And, Jeremy, you're back with us here. Uh, you had gotten gone back up to the window where the same clerk had said, no, she wasn't going to take it, and denied that this was a debt. Well, they didn't deny She didn't deny it was a debt. But okay. from what I've read online... There's some argument that that fines are not a debt, and therefore you can't, you know, legal tender laws don't apply. And but there's oh, really so no like wait, wait, my response to that would be if they actually tried telling me that, which you're saying they didn't, but if they actually tried that, I was so wait, you're saying I don't know this? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I tried saying it's legal tender. I assure you, it's it's really U.S. currency. It's not fake. Um, right? Who in their fake. right mind would want to counterfeit pennies? I mean, you'd be out of your um, mind to do something like that because it would costs want to pay the more. State and do that over twenty dollars. Right, it's it's four Can cents. Can you imagine how much how what they would do to some how, how much they would ruin their life if they did that? I couldn't even. T- I, would, it's it's insane. It costs more to make a penny than in the than like the actual four cents value to make a penny. penny, and I think it's uh, two and a half cents worth of stuff in it or something like that. Right, you'd be insane to try to counterfeit a penny. It's just not even financially well, I viable. Guess what, I guess what they're afraid of is that I would give them a roll with one end of penny and the other end of penny, and then the other with like a rod of iron Sand? or something. <laughs> the, the rod of iron would be worth more than the penny, the forty-eight pennies that are uh, that are, that you would fill it up with. Or you could short them a penny. You could give them rolls that have one fewer. They penny. have the, the. This is it. The only right. You could one fewer pennies. Right. The, the only thing it's about is compliance. Well, you need to comply, and you need to do it in a fashion that we find acceptable. Right. And with that argument, I mean, you could write them a check that doesn't have any money attached to it. You know what I mean? And then at that point in time, they go after you for the money that you still owe them. Mm -hmm. They couldn't do that with the pennies when they take it to the bank to get counted? Oh, they definitely would. That's the thing. I mean, that's that's the absurdity of it. Well, okay. So So, what's the rest of the story? Well, so I just started putting them on the counter. And what I kind of felt when, when talking to them, there was kind of a... There's a lack of eye contact with bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's hard to make eye contact with people when you're ashamed of what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and the the, the gentleman who had said, oh, we can only take $10, he was, he's the front guard sort of thing. And um, so I just started putting him on the counter, and I'm like, well, I'm, I, here I am. I'm paying. I'm trying to pay this. I don't want to have my car stolen. And the uh, then the supervisor came out, blew right past me, Walked over to the guard, and from about twenty feet away, hey! And he said, "He said his name." Yeah, escort this guy out of here. Jeez. Uh, it was almost like I was in a nightclub. That's what I felt like. Like I was in a nightclub or something, and I was being way like I was out of control or something. And it was like, "Hey, Bowser, get this punk out of here!" You are out of control. You're not being obedient like everybody else that comes in there. Everybody else does exactly as they're told. Yeah, but they don't they don't even act professional about it. He didn't even ask me to leave. That's mm-hmm. what gets me. He, immediate first response was get the cop with the gun and get him to escort sure. escort me out of there. So well, I said, "Well, I, there's no need to use force here. I'll, I I have not been asked to leave." Um you know, I just like a little bit of clarify as I'm walking towards the door. I'd like some clarification. Can 
can I, can she said, I told you it won't take more than $10. I said, oh, you supervisor guy, can I pay $10? Cause I'll pay $10 or I'll pay half right now. I got $10. If you'll take $10 in coin. And, um, the cop gentleman was, oh, he doesn't have to answer your question. Well, I, well, I owe this. So you guys deem that I owe you this to you. I'm trying to pay. I need to know this so I can pay. Yeah, you can pay ten dollars no, in pennies today, here, and then pay ten dollars the next time you come in. Right, which I, I would be okay with. You know, I wouldn't be okay with it, but I would do it. Um, and so, what did they say? Well, he doesn't have to answer your questions. Get out of here! Wow, you, so have, was... you have to leave. So I, uh, I said, well, hey, I'm just trying to pay. It. No, you're being a, you're being a punk. I said, I'm not being a punk. This is you. You guys are extorting money for me. I'm <laughs> trying to pay it. Look, you you better leave. This is as we're walking towards the Incredible. Door. Okay? And he goes, and what he said was, um, hold on a second here. He goes, um. Now, this is a supervisor or the guard that you're talking to at this point? This is the guard. Got it. Just making and he sure. Goes, he goes, you know, because you, you're being ignorant right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not being ignorant. You guys are the ones forcing me to pay you money or else you'll steal my car. You know, get out of here. Just shut up or I'll arrest you. Yeah, I said, on what? Yeah. He goes, Sil- disorderly conduct. Of course, of course it is. What else could it be? Disorderly conduct, making an appearance again. Right. So you're disorderly because you're coming and trying to pay the bill in a form of legal tender. That's yeah. disorderly conduct. So when he said disorderly conduct, I was pretty much at the door pushing it open. And I said, I turned around, and I, whoa, disorderly conduct? Really? And <laughs> You're going to contempt a cop? That's what you're going to use? You're going to use that trumped up charge? And he goes, get the flip out of my building. Yeah, man. Now, you didn't have any rolling video on any of this, did you? No, but depending on if I have time tomorrow. See, I got 14 days to pay this. Or, <laughs> Try or every day. <laughs> so, uh, there's another activist in Rhode Island. Um, and there's one go more, is there? Tomorrow. That's good to know. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah, well, they, well you know, I'm, you know, I might be right. able to get my other friend to go. But right, so you were alone, too, when you did this, right? So there was nobody else to see you do this except whoever happened to be at that office at that time. Yes, whatever. It's funny, too, because I was like the black sheep to the other people paying. They were just going up and paying and thank you. Oh yeah, this is this is exactly how it is. Um, you know, this is the the slave on slave violence, the surf right. on surf violence that's out there. Is look, man. You know, I, I'm waiting in line behind you. Just pay your bill and let me get up to the counter. They don't. They, you know, the, this is they don't appreciate it. They, they don't appreciate it. And you know, I, I, this Which is one of the wonder. reasons that I, I kind of think that the penny thing is dead. Which makes you wonder what would happen if if uh, Jeremy was arrested for disorderly conduct and it turned into a misdemeanor and was able to go to uh, you know a jury trial. How many on that jury would be uh, upset at Jeremy for trying to pay in pennies? Yep. And, and well, the cop said it's just. Disorderly. It must be disorderly. Let's go. Let's Jeremy, let us know what uh, what happens. And thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four five zero free. That's eight five five four five zero thirty seven thirty three. When really? you did this, you paid your property tax in uh, dollar, dollar bills. bills one time. You brought pizza for I everybody did. who was behind you, which I thought was uh, really you know that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. You know, at the very least, 
you'll have the they'll have the opportunity to talk to you in a civil fashion. You're offering them pizza, so it's hard for them to say you're just a jerk. Right. It's not like I didn't know I would be inconveniencing people at that time. So, so yeah. bringing pizzas was a really great idea, in my opinion, and it it it's definitely softened the situation for them. But they didn't balk here in in Keene at the the dollars. They counted them, and uh, the, when when Sean went in to pay with pennies, they didn't balk at that either. They just took the pennies and they did it. They did balk at the fact that I was recording video at the time, and the lady behind the desk was upset. She said, uh, you know, she didn't give me permission to do that. And I said, well, that's okay. You don't need to. And I said, you could leave your, you know, she made some other comment about not wanting to be recorded. I said, well, you don't have to work at this job. Yeah, you can leave the you can leave the vision of my, I can only stand right here. You can get out of the, the vision of this camera anytime you want. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. We invite you to our website, freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com, and that's where you'll find links to Amazon. Uh, Those links will take you to Amazon, and when you go through those affiliate links, you'll find out well you won't find out but uh, because they don't indicate it anywhere but it's basically it sets a cookie on your machine that tells amazon where you came from that you came through our link and then amazon cuts us a percentage of their profits when you make the sale so go and get your shopping taken care of get the stuff you want at great amazon prices with free super saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items they even sell used though so if you need to save a few extra bucks you can frequently do a used uh, option so go to shop.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done. Have you ever wondered how they could possibly fix the deficit crisis that's going on in Washington? Jeff Maron, a Harvard economist, makes makes it real clear what the problem is and proposes a solution. Go see the video and several others of our favorites at learnliberty.org slash FTL. The video is only a minute long, but he lays it right out for you. Learnliberty.org slash FTL. When you're there, check out the Learn Liberty Academy link on the right-hand side of the page. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education in economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. So uh, it, of course, is uh, 2011. It is the free st- we're here in the Free State Project. So we all moved here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project to bring like-minded, liberty-oriented people all into the same place so we could get active, uh, achieve liberty in our lifetime. Learn more at freestateproject.org. Right. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, we just had Jeremy on the line in Rhode Island who was telling us about how he went to uh, pay a parking ticket and wanted to pay in pennies and got this big hassle with the bureaucrats. And they refu- essentially up. Ultimately, after several conversations, refused to allow him to pay this parking ticket in legal tender with legal tender. It's crazy. And what I wanted to point out was that Sean, uh, who's been on the show uh, with us in the past, he came into town one day with the intention of paying some sort of uh, 
I don't know if it was car registration or, or what it was. It was some sort, some sort of mandatory fee thing that he had to pay. And he was upset because he had already tried to go and pay it. And they told him no because he was trying to pay with a debit card. And so this is government. So, you know, they, they'll take cash in a check. It's kind of like the, the court. You know, you can't fax them something. You've got to take it down physically or use the mail. I mean, th- these people are stuck in 1973. Uh, so, and they don't have any reason to move forward because they have no competition. Yeah, exactly. They don't operate like the marketplace does. They don't, the, the customer service isn't on their list. So he was upset about that. And so as a result, he was, he was just going to pay with a debit card and be done with it. But so instead of the, because they refused that, uh, he then went to the bank and he got pennies out, rolled pennies and went down, try to pay for, pay for uh, this with pennies. But before he went down there, he sent out a porcupine 411. And this is the voicemail system that we have here that where you leave a message and then it gets shot out to hundreds of people that subscribe to receive these things. So people all around New Hampshire are subscribed and some even outside of New Hampshire just to kind of keep in touch with what's going on here. Uh, people are subscribed to Porcupine 411. And so it's the middle of the day. I don't know, maybe like one in the afternoon or something like that. A lot of people are working. It's, it's not the best time to get activists just come out. But he leaves this pork 411 saying he's going to go and pay this fine in pennies in downtown Keene, and he was going to do it in about 15 minutes. So 15 minutes notice is what people were given, and two people uh, were able to show up within that period of time. So I came out, and there was another guy that I saw downtown, and I told him what was going on, and, and he came over uh, as well. So you had a response of a couple activists within a 15-minute time frame on something that honestly wasn't an emergency or really a critical thing at all. Like, you know, this isn't the most important. It's not like he was getting arrested. This was or, years ago, too? No, this was like a few, a few, like maybe a week and a half ago. Okay. This was very recent. And, uh, and similarly, another activist was being arrested about a week ago, and Rich Paul was being arrested at downtown Keene, and he sent out a Keene 411, which is a text messaging system. It's kind of similar. And three activists showed up, uh, again, within probably about five to ten minutes. And saved his butt. I mean, he had, yeah. uh, uh, he, he had a gun. A, yeah, and, right. He uh, had a, in, in New Hampshire, you can open carry a weapon without a problem. And, but you don't want that to get in the hands of the police, because no. then it's a hassle to get it back. Or but he had some kind hassle. of backpack. And who knows what was in the backpack? They, he, he managed to convince them not even to search it, right? That's right. So, again, kudos to the Keene police in that particular right. case. They didn't, break the, they didn't break any laws. And kudos to Rich Paul for thinking on his feet. And kudos to the activists for setting up things like uh, the Porcupine 411. And yeah. this is the difference between New Hampshire today and other places today. New Hampshire certainly has a long way to go as far as becoming the free state. Yes. But – Hundreds of liberty activists have moved here and done lots of things to kind of p- pick us up and move us towards liberty. And this is one of the advantages. Yeah, I think Porcupine 411, Keen 411, uh, and MailToJail.com are three of the most useful activist tools that are out there. In fact, people are realizing how useful Pork 411 is. There was a guy down in, uh, I think it was, I think it was John Bush actually down in Austin, who's one of the more active folks down that way. Uh, there's a fairly good amount of activists down in the Austin area in Texas, and he said that they want to use the Porcupine 411 system down there. And the guy that created Pork 411 is offering it to other areas. So if you know if you've got activists in your area and you think these tools would be useful, there's no reason why you can't duplicate them. There's no reason why you can't try to do this stuff in in your area. I just think it makes more sense to get the heck out of there and you know move up to where other people are of like mind in the same same location. 
We've got new people moving in here. Every, I mean, we just had somebody new move in last week into the Keene area. There's always new folks showing up in Manchester. Uh, I was asked by JJ uh, today to do an interview for uh, Free Keen TV and asked, you know, if, if for people that are perhaps watching this or in this case listening to us, and they're maybe con- they maybe they're considering moving to Keene. You know, why is it that they should be here now rather than later? Why should they move to Keene if they're still on the fence about you know whether or not they should move to New Hampshire or slash Keene, whatever? And for me, it doesn't matter whether you move to Keene or not. It's getting to New Hampshire uh, that's really the ultimate. Uh, of ultimate importance uh, to me but basically you know my answer was well i mean what do you want do you want to achieve liberty in your lifetime or do you want to be comfortable where you've put down roots and you know be with uh, be with your family and friends where you are it's fine if that's what you want but if you want to achieve liberty in your lifetime you've got to get together with other people that are thinking like you how likely is it that there's going to be an influx of activists where you live how many new activists have moved in to your area within the last uh, six months? Right. Well, it's really disheartening. There, there are activists around the United States, liberty activists, trying to do things in different areas in different ways, and they're, they're you know mostly spinning their their wheels. They're you know they're they're they may be organizing well, but they're not getting much done. And you know I support them in what they're doing, but at some point or another, what they're going to find for themselves is this is really hard. And I've gotten nowhere in X amount of years. And, you know, that one, you know, one would ask, um, you know, many hands make light work. One would ask, uh, you know, what are, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to change your life? Well, I actually went out today. Uh, today, many hands make light work. Michelle Seven uh, who's our Friday night co-host. She wants to get some petitions signed. Uh, about the idea of getting rid of car registration fees, making them basically making them voluntary, actually making car registration itself voluntary. So it's a pretty radical petition proposal, right, to, to completely voluntarize the entire registration system. I went out and I hit the streets today and I got 20 signatures within 50 minutes. I mean, that's not too shabby for not petition too bad. signatures. So and and for the most part, most people my approach was, you know, do you have a moment as I was walking down the street? I would ask people if they have a moment because a lot of people are busy. Do you have a clipboard? They're going somewhere. I had a clipboard. Always have a clipboard yeah. if you're doing a petitioning. petitioning. Sure. It, uh, it, it has that look. look. Important. Yep. Uh, or makes you look like a petitioner. And uh, so a lot of people did stop for me. Obviously, some people were on their way to a job or a meeting or something like that, in which case they said no. And that's fine. Uh, but of those people who did have a moment. The, the majority of them went ahead and they signed this petition. There was only one guy who actually said that he didn't want to sign it because he wasn't so sure about this idea of not having registration. You know, he wanted wanted to make sure that everybody was somehow in a database with information about who who drives what, which I think is a legitimate uh, concern. And I didn't want to take the time to you know get into some sort of a discussion with him about you're there oh, to get signatures, right? How the market could pl- supply this, etc. I was just there to get the signatures, and I don't want to bother people and and you know make it so they have to spend more time than is absolutely necessary with me uh, but i was really pleased because michelle was talking about how she had been getting a positive response but michelle you know she's an attractive uh, lady and she's i i felt like well i was going to have a more difficult time than uh, the michelle but no it, it really was no problem at all people were overwhelmingly supportive uh, of this there were a few folks that said no uh that they did not want to sign i didn't bother to ask them why i was like okay and I went ahead and moved along. And there were some people, of course, that uh, didn't live in New Hampshire, and they, you know, they couldn't sign either because of that. Uh, but, but otherwise, for the people that lived in New Hampshire, that almost, I would say, sixty to seventy percent were were signing this. I mean, they good numbers support mm-hmm. the idea of getting rid of car registration fees and making it voluntary just to even register your car in the first place. 
Now, I don't know how many of them comprehended that portion of it, but they certainly like the idea of getting rid of the uh, the taxes. So, I mean, that's a pretty radical proposal. More coming up here at 855-450-FREE. Ice cream crackdown on the way in Chicago. We'll tell you about it. This is Free Talk Live. Our three snacks. I can truthfully say that VerbalSurgery.com, best daggum podcast I've ever learned to change my neurology right now. Feeling good, feeling better about myself right now. VerbalSurgery.com gets inside of my brain, massages those sweet old brain lobes inside of my head. Feeling better right now. Even now I feel better and I want to go and listen to some VerbalSurgery.com right now. Go do it, baby. Feeling good. is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. That allows you to bring up anything you want. That's the point of the program. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Uh, so, an ice cream crackdown, as I mentioned, is happening in Chicago. Uh, according to the Chicago Tribune, A few years ago, Chris Swanberg, having been laid off from her job as a Chicago public school teacher, remembered that she'd received an ice cream maker as a wedding gift. The Chicago mom fished it out of her kitchen cabinet and eventually started a new career. Today, Swanberg's Nice Cream, an offer at local Whole Foods and Farmers Markets, her website NiceCreamChicago.com, is considered a star of Chicago's rich and beloved Antis artisanal ice cream scene one that could be shut down entirely by state rules she recently learned yeah i'm sure she says that a couple of weeks ago a representative from the illinois uh, illinois department of public health came to logan square kitchen and informed her she would have to shut down if she didn't get something called a dairy license Yes, swanberg and others in her field had operated for years now without ever hearing of such a thing see she should have gone and spent the time to research all the government rules and reg, uh, you know, regs and spent uh, hours of her life uh, p- poring over tomes of governmental uh, regulations so she could learn about Ignorance this of the law is no excuse, even if the, there are so many laws you could never read them in a lifetime. According to the story here at the Chicago Tribune, again, she never heard of this. And indeed, they say the city council, excuse me, the city's Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection, to whom they applied for a business license, never informed them they would need one to operate. And how would they know? It's not like they've read the damn laws. <laughs> You'd think that this would be a, uh, you know, a little packet that they had ready for people that were starting businesses in this area, right? See, people, uh, I, I think people that don't have a lot of experience with the the government don't realize that they don't know what the hell they're talking about either a lot of these government bureaucrats no you can ask them for information and there's a chance they're going to give you the wrong information you're here for an occupational license great i sell occupational licenses give me the money here's your occupational license yeah. goodbye and you know the fact that they she didn't get told it's not like that bureaucrat's going to be scolded or anything like that Mm-mm. it's not going to be held off it's not going to be in their the monthly bi-monthly review or whatever none of that stuff's going to happen why in the world would the government feel like they needed to tell you? So, uh, to get the license, Swanberg wrote in an email that she would have to, one, work out of our own space. Currently, she says, we work out of the Logan Square Kitchen. Two, have our product tested once a month for bacterial levels. Three, 
change all of our packaging and labels to meet state standards. That's an expensive process, by yeah. the way. Oh, yes. If you, for instance, paid for a bunch of packaging and labels in advance, because when you buy these things, you, you're incentivized to buy more than a small batch. You, the larger the batch, the lower Cheaper the price is, of the sure. label. So who knows how many uh, packages and labels she's got sitting in a closet or you know in her basement or something like that that will become completely you know basically they're all illegal because uh, they're not qualified. Number four, purchase a pasteurizer, which from what the state tells me will be about forty thousand dollars, or use a pre-made ice cream mix. So, so this is the whole reason that people want her ice cream is because it's of fresh. It's fresh. It's raw. Yeah. Um. And and they want her to pasteurize it. I'm I'm the sorry. The state wants her to pasteurize. The state. It. Yeah. The state wants her to pasteurize it. You know, people want this raw. St- some people want this raw stuff these days, and it's important to them. They're willing to pay for it. So the state is proposing to ruin her business. That's right. Oh no no. It's look, Mark. They're just trying to keep you safe. Who me the business you. owner because no, they'll no, run her out the, of business. You the person who would like the ice cream, but I you're just shh, shh, shh. I'll go no, ahead no, and buy no it buts. someplace else. No, no buts. I'm just going to buy it someplace else. No, you can't. <laughs> We're going to follow you around and figure out where you buy it. No, so they won't. That's them. the that's the incompetence behind these people. Is they'll just you know when somebody starts making enough money that they get on someone's radar. That's what happens. Then yeah. they just eviscerate them. Yeah, that's probably what happened here. It's likely she got a little bit of press at some point uh, and or got too popular for. To, like you said, to show up on uh, these government agents' radar. Swanberg says the IDPH, this is uh, whatever bureaucracy, Department of Public Health, uh, the IDPH officer who visited her told her ice cream, her ice cream probably wouldn't pass the bacteria test if she continues to, get this, use fresh strawberries. Yeah. So you can't use fresh uh, milk. It's got to be pasteurized. You can't use fresh strawberries. So... You're screwed. You've got to you've got to make milk. With, you've got to make uh, the ice cream with pasteurized right. uh, milk. And, and what um, version of strawberries? Well, they're telling her that she could use strawberry syrup. So you could go, like for instance, uh, you know, uh, the grocery store. They've got the frozen food section where you can get the strawberries in a little tub. <laughs> yes, you know, with the like the syrupy kind of uh, yeah. goo that they're in. You could use those. They're saying. Why can't you? It's insane. I bacteria, mean, it's... Julia. Bacteria. <laughs> you know, while we're at it, why don't we just go ahead and ban fresh strawberries? I mean, couldn't they well, have that's bacteria? That's what doesn't make any sense to me is I can grow fresh strawberries in my backyard. That's right. I can buy strawberries at a market or at the grocery store. Why can't you make them an ice cream? Someone might get sick. Many people in many states allow the selling of um, uh, of raw milk um it you know too this is, so this is illinois i don't know whether it's true or not but um some states allow only the selling of raw milk to animals so they could say that this ice cream is an animal product not two animals but four animals oh you know, like, th- th- this is not a, a human ice this is not for human consumption yeah, this ice cream is not for human consumption just, just but not fit for human consumption on the label and that'll solve the problem right you should make that for the entertainment name, value only they, they should make that the label of an ice cream actually it's, it's not for human cream. consumption it's prop ice cream for movie sets it's not real ice cream yeah, I, i'm just saying idph spokes bureaucrat melanie arnold said that it isn't illegal to use real strawberries but that idph quote does not encourage it simply because when you try and clean a strawberry to make sure it doesn't have any bacteria, it kind of deteriorates. Well, it kind yeah. of does. Like, what are you going to scrub it? What? <laughs> what? 
The department's dairy equipment specialist said that other ice cream producers use irradiated strawberries. He says they look good, but he can't vouch for the taste. Swanberg <laughs> could continue to work without a license, Wilding said, if she used a pre-made ice cream mix that is usually formulated with stabilizers and other additives, yeah. the kind of thing typically used at Dairy Queen, according to the bureaucrat. This stuff is made for foodies. People that really care about the taste, that can tell you the difference between a 1939 Chateau Brion and a uh, 1940. They know yep. the difference, or at least they believe they do. Uh, you know, so when you're talking to these folks, and I, I do believe that some people have more sensitive palates than I do. Absolutely believe that. And so these people, it matters to them. Why shouldn't these people, people be able to get what they want? You're telling me it matters that, you know, it may be some kind of warning label that says that since this uh, product contains raw food and fresh strawberries, that it may contain more bacteria than the pasteurized, homogenized bull crap mm-hmm. that uh, you buy in the regular, you know, the, right, that stuff that's been sitting the on the shelf section. in the freezer for months. Right. You, you, you know, maybe some statement like that would, uh, you know, let someone who didn't otherwise know, know and keep her safe from some kind of lawsuit. But that, to me, seems like the farthest that uh you know they that she should be required to do it's like if, if you have a peanut allergy there are some people that are so allergic mm-hmm. to nuts that you know it can really i, I don't want to say kill them but it mm-hmm. can really i can put them in the hospital yeah. and it's really bad for them so there's warning on on the cans of nuts that says or 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 even other products that may have been made in the same factory as nuts I mean, something that's, it couldn't just be that simple. Warning, this is fresh strawberries, which could have bacteria. You could be at risk. It's not good that's enough. That's personally a risk I'd be willing to take. I'm it's not right. that not worried about bacteria. It's not good enough. We bacteria. need to protect people who can't read. The same people, right, the same people that can go home and drink bleach, if that's what they feel like doing, we have to protect them from consuming raw milk and fresh strawberries. Swanberg feels that using strawberry syrup and a pre-made soft-serve mix might not attract the same customers who buy her product. Gee, you think? Duh. Made from her fresh <laughs> organic cream blended with local and often organic produce, uh, produce like basil and strawberries that she picks herself. I mean, that's a huge disparity. That's a big, big Big, big, big difference. (laughs) (laughs) Not only that, but the department couldn't confirm the $40,000 price tag on the pasteurizing machine. That's because they've never had to buy one. They just mandate that other people do. This reporter didn't look up what a pasteurizer costs? But it did confirm that even if she uses pasteurized milk and boils all of her ingredients together, she would still then need to pasteurize it in the special machine again. 1-855-450-FREE. All of this just to feed somebody some ice cream. It's crazy. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want and dial in toll-free at 800... Oops, that's the old number. New number, 855. That was my first screw-up of the night. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. We invite you to our website, freetalklive.com. News updates are available. You go to news.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there. 
get emailed updates or follow us via Twitter or Facebook. Once again, that's news.freetalklive.com. I actually sent out an update today letting folks know. And by the way, I want to welcome them on the air here right now. Uh, WHUB in Cookville, Tennessee. Has the now expanded The Hub, that's right, uh, has now expanded us to weeknights as well. So they were taking the Saturday show only, and now they're taking Monday through Saturday, all three hours of the show, every Sweet. single night. So uh, welcome aboard to everybody listening in Cookville on weeknights. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. They really do a, a, a full-orbed approach to accounts receivable. You can uh, trust them with your business. They are employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They, they, they don't treat your customers poorly or, you know, like so many collection agencies out there. SACL CAI, they do it different than other collection agencies. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right, so we're going to get to your calls here in a moment, but I just want to go ahead and finish up this piece uh, from the Chicago Tribune to just give you a, a full picture of what they're doing to this woman. Uh, she has her own ice cream business. She has had it for a number of years, and if you're not on a like if you're not at a storefront, then the government's not going to know about your business right out the gate. If if you don't have some sort of a visible presence in the community necessarily, they're not really going to be aware that you're making ice cream out of your home mm-hmm. or out of somebody else's kitchen or whatever and that you're selling it to, to different businesses. They're right. not going to know. If you just start out, you're making some ice cream, you're putting it in a little tubs, you've got your own labels, you're sticking yeah. it on there, you're taking it to different specialty grocery stores around town, you're selling a few tubs here, a few tubs there, that's all fine and dandy. And usually... This happens after you get the newspaper article. Usually what happens is some reporter, who who they're much more inquisitive than bureaucrats, frankly. That's Mm -hmm. their job. They get paid to. The market, you know, so they they say, this is great ice cream. It's fresh. It has raw ingredients, raw milk, unpasteurized milk, uh, you know, fresh basil picked from gardens, uh, strawberries that aren't the syrupy kind of squishy strawberries, but the, the nice, firm, fresh strawberries. This is amazing ice cream. And it says it's produced right here in Chicago. I should call this, this is lady. This a story. I'll ask her about it. We'll run it in the food section. It'll be fabulous. And then the bureaucrats, they read the story. They say, holy crap. This is this person's breaking the, one of the myriad of laws. Right. One, one of the laws, more laws than a person could read in a lifetime. They're breaking one of them. Let's go get them. And so they have done that. They've threatened her and told her, look, lady, you can't be going out picking strawberries fresh and using them here. You've got to use those crappy strawberries that have been, you know, frozen and shipped around the country in some sort of a uh, special strawberry goo. Uh, You can use those if you'd like. Oh, you can't be using that fresh milk. Uh, You need to be using some pasteurized product. In fact, lady, you're going to need to buy your own pasteurizer. She said, well, wait a minute. What if I just use pasteurized milk? milk no 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 no. that's not good enough because even if you get pasteurized milk you then have to once you combine the pasteurized milk with a few other things you then have to run it all through this forty thousand dollar pasteurizing machine again so you can't just get away with buying pasteurized milk you've got to have your own pasteurizing it's ultra pasteurized yeah you know what's a real shame is that there is a large market for this kind of food. Sure it like is. over time, food has become more convenient, but at the same time, it's become a lot more processed, a lot more, you know, less what it is. It's so much further away from it's not just strawberries. Yep. It's got 10 other ingredients in it and it's put in a freezer for, you know, however long. Yep. It's like the way it used to be. People used to go daily, you know, to buy the fresh bread from the bakery, used to buy the meat from the butcher. And that that's gone away. And a lot of people, 
you know, they like that. They feel better about eating that than all this processed crap. My the best pe- ice cream I've ever had. And you know how I, I mean, I don't I can't compare it objectively because I'm not tasting one versus the other. But the best one in my mind is the homemade ice cream I had at my aunt and uncle's farm. Where you churned in, it? it? They did. They right. they they churned it themselves. Um, I, I had my chance turning. Crank, uh, turn, turn the crank the kids over, turned and, over. The, and, and the best. Somebody, I sits, ever had. somebody sits down on top of the machine yep. and somebody else cranks it. Right? They made their yeah. own homemade ice cream. Ice cream right there in southern Indiana, and that was the best I ever had. And you know, and by the way, they had cows. That was his milk. He milked from that cow. They never. We had to shake the milk to to drink it. They never uh, pasteurized their milk. So yes, this was the whole thing. The best ice cream I've ever had in my life was the same dangerous sort of stuff that they're talking about here. Well, Mark, you can make your own ice cream and eat it by yourself. That's fine. But as soon as you try to sell it to somebody else, that's when the state gets involved. And the state here, according to this piece in the Chicago Tribune, although the state is focusing on Ms. Swanberg first, other artisanal ice cream makers in Chicago are concerned they might be next. One ice cream maker who asked her name not be used said, I have to be worried. I'm in too deep to cut my losses now. This is my life and my passion, so I don't want to be shut down. Our biggest thing is wondering whether or not there's a way... Considering the organic and local food movement to change the regulations so that small local producers are not being regulated in the same way as massive creameries. I mean, this is what they enforce for Haagen-Dazs. And that's the point. See, you can try to change the regulations if you want to, but it's Haagen-Dazs and these other manufacturers that support regulations just like this. I'm not saying Haagen-Dazs has come out in some sort of public statement, but typically it's these big manufacturers that support regulations that... That really hurt the little guy. Hagen does is selling a lot, and I, I don't know. We're not picking on the major ice cream manufacturer is selling a lot more ice cream than the little guy, so they can the the, the cost of their pasteurizer is a lot less because per they're batch. moving a lot yep. more ice cream through it. They could move that ice cream through that thing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That uh, you know spreads out the cost of that over lots more tubs of ice cream. Right. This lady's right. It'll run her out of business, but she's spineless. And I'm not saying that she needs to do anything. She's any- like most business owners. Which, indeed, but she's saying, oh, this is fine for the big creameries. Well, <laughs> when you support this kind of tyranny on the rich guy, it can just as easily be put on you. This is the problem with all kinds of stupid government regulations is if you support it for the next guy, then it's okay on you. It's morally, if they're morally culpable, then you are too. And they're not. This is, if, you, if, there's, if the government is doing something legitimate, legitimate by regulating them, then they're doing something legitimate by regulating you. What state is this in? Illinois. Okay. Um, Well, just another reason to move to New Hampshire. I was thinking of a creamery that's around here that I'm not going to name because I don't want what happened to these people happen Mm -hmm. to them. But I just looked at their website and they get it from milk down the road and make fresh ice cream. Yes. So it is legal apparently in New Hampshire. I would like to try this because I remember the time when I had that churned hand churned ice cream that you were describing with the machine that, you know, worked together on. I'm pretty sure there was just regular ingredients bought from the store. So it probably wasn't as fresh as the ice cream that you had made. But nonetheless, that hand churned ice cream is just i was seven so this is like 43 years or 33 years ago all right so one eight five five four five zero free is the number here if you'd like to uh, to comment here uh in the idph this is the uh the department of public health 
confirmed these small operations are governed by the very same rules that apply to billion-dollar ice cream companies. And although Illinois recently passed the Illinois Local Food Entrepreneur and Cottage Food Operation Act, which suggests the different sets of rules should govern tiny food operations and giant corporations, the bill does not apply to ice cream. So uh, Swanberg has one more comment here, and we'll share that with you, and then take your calls about what you want at 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Dial in the toll-free number at one eight five five four five zero free. That's eight five five four five zero thirty seven thirty three. Joining you this evening, it's Ian and Julia and Mark. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. Listening options are available. Live streams, including broadband and dial-up versions of the show, available around the clock. By the way, any old time, day or night, you can listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live streaming live over at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, get our list of one hundred nine great radio stations that carry the show throughout the week uh, and all at all various different times. Uh, our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, KU Band, free-to-air channel, and our listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Plus the webcam. Go to listen.freetalklive.com. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. And you know that a new currency will, at some point, take over. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor of that currency? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and uh, you can find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars have been going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. And uh, folks had heard about the uh, the Bitcoins uh, having, you know, the, the, the what is it, mybitcoin.com having some kind of problem. Well, apparently they've uh, they've attempted to restitute everybody who lost their money at, I guess it's... They four- basically came back online, this website that was fairly popular, uh, that had just disappeared from the internet for several days with no indicator whatsoever, uh, with no indicator whatsoever of... Uh, Mark, why are you showing me the price of the, the Bitcoin right now? So that you know in case you want to say something. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, the Bitcoin price is currently over $10. Uh, anyway, thanks, Mark. So we were talking about MyBitcoin, which is a website that was down for five, uh, you know, at least five days without any kind of n- notice or anything being told to anybody about why they were gone, leaving everybody to speculate as to what had happened. And these guys were holding on to thousands and thousands of uh, Bitcoins. You and I, Mark, we had at least, uh, I think, like 100 apiece in this um, MyBitcoin thing. And then... Finally, they put a, a notice up on their website saying, we were hacked. They got some of our Bitcoins. We're going to have to, you know, like basically shut down our operation, uh, but we'll give you some money back uh, because we still have some Bitcoins. So we're going to give you 49% of them back. Uh, just go ahead and put in your login information and give us the account that you want us to send them to. And they did. They actually did send out uh, those coins. But some people are still skeptical, saying that that the whole thing was a scam from the very beginning. And that, you know, okay, yeah, great. You got 49% of your Bitcoins. That means somebody got 51% of them. Yeah. Right? So I guess, you know, I was chalking it up as a total loss. So it's nice to not have it be a total loss. Uh, 
anyway, that much all. is nice. And, and you know, I think that that's what the uh, you know whomever it is is uh, if they in fact are still um, scammers, that that's what they're hoping for is that people will be happy with getting half their uh, bitcoins back and uh, you know go about their merry way. So these poor, poor people that are trying to do business, uh, Chicago, Illinois, actually, the entire state of Illinois, there's a young lady who has been making her own ice cream, and now the state government is coming down on her. They're saying she's got to jump through all these hoops. She said They're saying she can't use fresh ingredients, uh, that she has to buy a pasteurizer, no more picking fresh strawberries. You've got to use the, uh, you know, the store-bought uh, strawberry syrup. I mean, it's just, they're just completely bastardizing her ice cream. They're, they're just destroying the quality that her customers have come to expect and all they feel like they can do these fresh ice cream producers is beg that's all they feel like they can do she's basically she and these other producers are saying well we're going to see if we can maybe talk to the government people and try to get uh, some rules changed even so if they continue ian even if they continue doing what they're doing it doesn't mean that they're going to go after the stores they're not going to mm, go after the manufacturer they're going to go after the stores and say we're going to take away your occupational license. If you keep selling this. If you yeah. keep selling this. Because this is what they always do. Well, until she gets her license, Swanberg says she must stop putting product on the shelf. She hopes to meet with her fellow ice cream makers to figure out a plan that can allow them to deliver the same quality while abiding by state rules. Sorry. No. You won't be able to. It won't happen. Those state rules are designed to impinge upon your quality. And they're not just going to change the rules because you go to them and say, oh, please, please. They couldn't change it. They probably couldn't change them if they had to. Um, I mean, these aren't, you know, these bureaucrats can't do anything about it. It's going to take five years to go through the legislature. I don't know. That presumes this is a legislative rule. It could very well be a bureaucratic written rule. But that still doesn't mean they're going to change it on uh, just for you. It would would still take an act of the legislature to change it because once it's ensconced, then none of the bureaucrats have any responsibility for it. These bureaucrats do not care they are not interested in helping you they're just interested in propagating their bureaucracy it's just so sad and you're right business owners are just so they're so beaten down by government regulations and controls and taxes that they're too afraid to take a risk they're too afraid to to continue doing their business in the way they think is best and so this poor lady is basically out of business she she's not able to sell her product anymore Sadly, this is just how it goes. And this is a microcosm. Right. This is a microcosm. Wait, wait, did you say big metros? Big metros, specifically. This is all of Illinois that this applies to, just to make sure it's clear. But, you know, Illinois has one of the big metros. So when you look at when you look at the um, the the most egregious states on the the Mercatus Center's uh, least free states, you will find that in the top 10 or bottom 10, um, California, New York, and Illinois are the top ones. Jericho's on in Virginia listening to WSVG. Hey, Jericho. Hey, what's up, guys? What's on your mind? Oh, man, I love you guys' show, but sometimes I think I should quit listening, man, because I hear stories like this, my blood pressure just goes up. Oh, man, it's it's really frustrating. Well, you know, this Jericho, this used to happen to me all the time. When we first started doing the show from 2004 to 2006, we were down in Sarasota, Florida, and, you know, I'd hear things like this, and literally murderous rage would overcome me in some instances. And oh, yeah. over time... You know, being up here in New Hampshire, my, uh, you know, this is dissipated for me because I can see that there's uh, there's a hope for liberty. And I'm not saying that you're going to pick up and move or anything like that. I'm just telling you how it's worked for me is that well, once I finally I made talking, it here, it, you know. My brother and I were talking this evening about, and he's heard about your movement and everything else, and it's, it's a possibility. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, I mean, 
the point I made to your call screener, I, I hope I don't screw over a bunch of yogurt lovers here, but uh, maybe they should go out of their way to ban yogurt because that's packed with bacteria. That's yeah, a good it point. is. That's what yogurt's all about, yeah. right? I mean, these idiots, <laughs> I, I highly doubt any of these what I call idiots are listening to your show, but I, I hope they would hear my voice. But how stupid is this? I mean, now, I don't know if you've ever heard of this or ever done it. I used to make my own yogurt, and the process is you take milk, you cook it. I forget. It's been a long time since I made it, so I forget the temperature, but you got to cook it a certain time at a certain temperature, and then you add just a very minute amount of already made yogurt that you buy from the store or whatever, but now you've got this massive amount of yogurt, and the process then is you cover it up, you keep it warm, and you, it's not refrigerated. You let it set for 24 hours to let that bacteria build up. Grow, sure. grow, grow. Mm. Grow, grow, grow. It's a now, little I'm Petri not, dish. I'm, exactly, exactly. Now, I'm not stupid. I know some bacteria can kill you, but there's sure. some bacteria that's good for your system. Absolutely. You know, and, and I guess the biggest thing I wanted to say is you, you asked the question, why can't people buy what they want? Why can't they enjoy what they want? Three simple words. They are God. You're stupid. You can't wipe your butt without them telling you how to do it. You know nothing. They're God. That's how they feel. <laughs> Thanks, they Jericho. Don't, they don't feel like they're God, but they do feel like they're mom and dad. You know, Look, it's it's the sort of paternal idea of government that uh, it's there to protect you and that kind of thing. It ends up being the same thing, but that's what they sort of look at it Jericho, as. I want to thank you for the call, and I appreciate the consideration of maybe making the move to New Hampshire. Because, for, for instance, if more people who thought about moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project would actually do it, if more people who could move would actually go ahead and move, it would be incredible. And I mean, in well, Influx, we've had a few hundred. They people. don't have any obligation to do anything just because we want them to do it. I'm just saying. I didn't that, say anybody had an obligation. I said if everybody who was considering it or was willing to, you know, they've they've toyed with the idea or are on the fence. If, if anybody who's even come close to the idea of thinking about moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project would actually just do it, uh, we'd have an incredible influx of, of new blood in this movement. That, that much is true. There've been huge, uh, huge strides towards liberty in the state of New Hampshire. With only a few. With a, movers. Yeah, with a few hundred movers, if that if, the, if that number, it's almost a thousand now. If it uh, was Let's two thousand, it would be incredible. It would absolutely eight five five four five zero free. That's eight five five four five zero thirty seven thirty three. You can take control of these airwaves in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up next. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. It's Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you make it now to one eight five five four five zero free. That's eight five five four five zero thirty seven thirty three. Tonight it's Ian here and Julia and Mark. And inviting you to our website. And if you like the show and you appreciate Free Talk Live, you want to help support us. You can do that by becoming an amplifier. Amp stands. For advertise, market, and promote, and the idea is you send us three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations, bringing more internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com 
And you can get signed up there and get the perks like access to the Amp Only call-in lines, Amp Only forum, podcast, and more. You can use any major credit card through PayPal, Visa, or MasterCard on our site. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Ron, listening in Indian uh, Indianapolis area to WXNT. Hey, Ron. I'm about like the other guy. Just listen to this. makes your blood pressure boil. But the bottom line I was reading today on Real Clear, Real Clear Politics, regulation in the United States of America, according to them, costs business 2.4 trillion dollars a year. You want to solve the economy problems you have right now? Get rid of the government regulation. Yeah. And whatever happened to buyer beware? Mm. It's not my responsibility if you're allergic to peanuts for me to put it on my product that I'm selling to you. If you're so stupid that you cannot figure out I'm allergic to peanuts, if I don't know if they're in there or not, I guess I shouldn't eat it. Well, I don't think it's a bad thing for uh, you know for a company to put a warning on but a product. It shouldn't be required. I agree with you there. It should well, just be good customer service. And I think that uh, any kind of regulation will be handled by the marketplace. If uh, you know, likely there will be somebody out there that comes up with the peanut-free label, and people would want to know that. And you know, they would absolutely in the market. Certify and if it. you didn't do your job as the company by doing those things. Then your business would fail, but Absolutely. it's the market that would determine it, not the government. Indeed, it would. I think you've made a fine proposal, uh, and I thank you for it. Anything else you want to share? No, that's it, guys. Very good. Keep Ron. up what you're doing. I'm going to go to AMP as soon as I hang up with you. Super. <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate it. That's once again Thanks. amp.freetalklive.com. Thanks, Ron. Uh, first time he's heard, and he's going to AMP. Hmm. Is that his first time? I think I, I think it's the first time he heard it, which uh, <laughs> should be interesting after he hears <laughs> some of our other opinions. They're consistent, but. <laughs> One eight five five four five zero free. Uh, yeah, how about we get rid of the regulations and go ahead and get rid of the whole federal government while we're at it? That would be a nice way to cut costs. As far as I'm concerned, you take Washington D.C., get a saw, and you just you just kick it out. You saw it off and kick it out into the Potomac. Let them I, go regulate I'm okay themselves. With just ignoring them. I mean, if more people would just pay, uh, not act like they're so important, and give them the uh, the, the veneration that they so demand. They, they want so badly to be considered important. They want to be taken seriously. They want you to need them. They do want that. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. We have uh, somebody else here on one of our, our amp lines. Actually, it's Matt, who's in the Illinois uh, area. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, Mark, Ian, and Julia. Uh, I had a story for you. It's, it's not the ice cream story, but it just goes to show how business unfriendly Chicago is mm-hmm. and um, I was sitting in a bar and a gentleman told me there was a uh, restaurant in uh, Chicago called Berghoff's uh, it was owned by the same people that own the Berghoff beer and the Berghoff root beer the Berghoff's and yeah and the Berghoff's and um, it was a bar where you went in and they didn't have any stools around the bar hmm, okay. you just stood there with your drink and then they went, and, and there was a back room where you could go, and there was a guy shucking raw oysters, and you could have your raw oysters and your drink, and you would just elbow up to the bar and drink and stand around and talk to people. Uh, it had been in Chicago since the 1800s that way. Hmm. So he moved out of Chicago, came into the suburbs, and uh, some years passed, and he decided he wanted to experience that again because it was something that was neat to experience. So he took the train into Chicago just to visit this restaurant. He gets there, and there's stools all around the bar. No. So he, he walks to the bartender, and he goes, why'd you put stools in here? And the bartender says, the city made us do it. Hmm. Hmm. And he says, oh, okay. 
So he goes to get some oysters, and they don't have the oyster shucker there anymore. No oysters. So he asked the bartender, what happened to the oysters? And she says, oh, the city came in and said we couldn't have rock fishing here. Aww. So The city thinks that an oyster is a fish? The uh, restaurant closed because it was losing... It was losing uh, uh, all its customers. Wait, how soon after did and it they, close down? About a year later. Oh, so sad. I mean, do, why would anybody else want to come in? They're, they're not original anymore, right? Okay, great. You can right, change the right. decor in your restaurant, and that's how you can, or the, your bar, and that's how you can separate yourself from every other bar in town. You could put old sports right. memorabilia and staple it to the wall. Yeah. And one of the things that happened was there was a, a gentleman that had been waiter, a waiter there for 46 years Jesus. when this thing closed down. He had put three kids through college and owned a big house in one of the more wealthy, affluent Chicago suburbs being a waiter at this bar. And the city doesn't care, doesn't give a flying flip about oh. that, and it just ruined people's lives. It's horrible. Down. This is the uh, this is the thing that people don't see. You know, when politicians go out and they pass their new, you know, Katie's law or whatever, they trot out, you know, this this group of people. Look, here's here's Margaret, and she's been going to be helped by this legislation, and blah, blah 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 blah. You know, here's the guy that gets hurt by it, and no one ever knows. No one's pointing him out. Thanks, Matt, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. As we continue with Justin listening in West Virginia to WVTS in Charleston. Hey, Justin. Hey, what's going on, what's Martin on your mind? and Julia? Hello. Well, actually, uh, the story I just heard from the gentleman talking about the bar, that is so sad because I've seen the same thing happen in Charleston, actually. But to get to my point here, uh, we're, yeah, the riots in England here, you know? Yeah, they st- they st- are they still going on? I haven't really checked up on that story today. We talked about it last I night. Know. They, uh, they, were they kind of start threatening with the uh, you know the water hoses and rubber bolts and stuff, and mm-hmm. people kind of backed off. But if I don't know if England actually had the right to bear arms, do you think this type of thing would last so long or go as drastic as it would? I don't think so. I think that if shop owners, I mean, because this is what's happening, if shops are getting destroyed, set on fire, and things like that, I mean, if if shop owners were able to defend their shops themselves, because you can't get a cop to defend every shop. Mm-hmm. Or several cops to defend every shop, and you don't know where the rioters are going to go. So the person who is uh, best able to defend it is the one who has the single biggest interest in the the shop being protected. That's the person who should be able to protect it. Still, though, I've I mean, heard they were going to call of, the military in from Belfast. If you've got a crowd of people outside your store that wants to, uh, you know, do I'm something, I'm not recommending to it, that you stay in the there. What are you going to do? Well, I mean, if you've got. <laughs> Start spraying the crowd with bullets? I mean, what the hell are you If they're coming in, what's the crowd doing out there? I mean, in the middle of a riot, and they're coming into your shop with torches and things like that, are there the innocent bystanders behind them? I don't know if somebody coming Uh, in with that deserves to be killed, though. I mean, that's like... I'm not recommending it, Ian, but I do think that if somebody... Somebody who's coming in to destroy your property, you've got to... You know, yeah, you have the right to protect it. I, I agree with you that you have the right to protect it. I just... What are you supposed to use? Rubber bullets against a crowd? No, I'm not saying that. I just... It makes me uncomfortable, that idea. I understand. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, uh, think about what they do the Irish, like, yearly... At the very least, I mean, they hate the Irish, and what do they do to them? But I don't know. Well, I don't know who's me. they. Uh, the 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 rioters? No, the uh, well, I mean, well, the English plus the government. Yeah, that ain't gonna work for us. 
<laughs> I, look, if somebody's coming into my shop with a torch in one hand and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're bent on doing damage to the shop, uh, you know, destroying my livelihood, my family's livelihood, the way I support my family and the way for me to not get uh, my my store destroyed and perhaps other people's, uh, you know, like maybe this will stop the rioters from destroying not only my store, but another dozen stores down the street. Yeah, I think that maybe there's a time to use a certain amount of force to end violence. Well, not only that, but me living in Charleston, West Virginia, if I was, uh, you know, you see a couple on the street, you know, going from shop to shop, shopping around. If I saw them being stripped naked, Mm -hmm. I would most definitely go out there and do whatever I could to help them. Yeah, with whatever that, force I had to use. There's all kinds of things that are happening uh, over there, and it's uh, you know it's crazy stuff. They're talking about calling the military in. I mean, it's who is it's, being stripped naked? What, what's what's happening there? Oh no, they're uh, they're forcing people to strip naked, and they're taking their clothes away from them because they can, because they want their tax money back or whatever. So just you people know, that happen these, to be in the area where these rioters are, they're just uh, yeah, yeah, like patrons. Wow, basically, it's crazy, yeah, it's sad. It's crazy. I thank you, uh, Justin, for the call tonight. I, Julia, I mean, how do you feel about this idea of defending a business, you know, from rioters with with gunfire? It makes me uncomfortable. Um, it makes me uncomfortable too. I would say to Mark, better you than me. I personally don't think that I could ever point a gun at somebody and shoot them. I feel more like if I got an insurance policy, I'd rather just go ahead and get the hell it out. It might of there. be the best choice. And collect that insurance policy. Because I couldn't do it personally. Me versus a crowd of rioters? I mean, come on. I mean, even with a machine gun, you're still probably going to be overrun. And then what do you got? Dead bodies on your hands? You're dead and you've got a burned down store anyway. But the, the very fact that somebody could be and somebody would be sitting in one of these shops might deter some of these rioters. These rioters are sure when they go into these businesses that no, that no one has a gun. Good point. Uh, we're out of time for tonight. We can continue this discussion at a later point, maybe tomorrow night. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post show here on Free Talk Live. And I've got Angela Keaton with me. Angela, are you there? Yes, I am. Excellent. Now, you are the uh, director of operations over at antiwar.com, and you have a new initiative that I guess you're rolling out. What's the name of that? Uh, It's called Come Home America, and you can find it at comehomeamerica.us. Okay. And what is comehomeamerica.us? Because you you contacted me. You're excited about this program. I have such deep respect for what you and antiwar.com does that I, you know, you can get on my show anytime you want. (laughs) So, uh, you know, tell tell me about uh, Come Home America. In, uh, let me go back a little, a little history here. Back in the ancient days of February of 2010, um, <laughs> someone who was a, a very important member of the Pat Buchanan campaign contacted people who, from Ralph Nader's campaign, editors at The Nation, the American Conservative, people at Cato, Reason, um, students for Democratic Society, and I'm sure, you know, I, I mean, I didn't know the SDS was still active, people from the Black Agenda Report, um, and many, many people respected peace activists and got them together and just said, 
what can we do to solve the problem of war? So it was from left, it was called Left or Right Against the War was kind of the working title. Okay. And they spent eight hours locked away until they kind of came to some, some conclusions. But what they did come, what they, what they brought out of that was concrete was a book called Come Home America. And it's been edited by names that are somewhat familiar probably to your audience, like a longtime um, marijuana and peace activist Kevin Zeese and uh, historian Paul Buell and um, writer, uh, a longtime writer of many kinds of interesting libertarian histories and ideas, which is Bill Kaufman, and uh, George O'Neill, who is very, very active in Pat Buchanan's campaign and is sort of the chief organizer and founder of this project. And uh, Kevin our director, he's a long, I mean, you probably know him from Voters for Peace. So it's like, it is literally left and right against the war. But what it means to be left right against the war is, is that we need to, you know, be one, narrowly focused. This is yes. an anti, you know, <laughs> it's not, not about, you know, about gold or freeing Mamiya or gay marriage nope. or getting... Or the branch of idiots. This is about the war, right? It did, and you have to you have to stay on task. Otherwise, it's going to devolve into, uh, you know, just a bickering uh, if if one isn't careful. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, and on any given day, it's that you know, it just it's hard. It was hard enough to get libertarians all on the same page on this project, or yeah. the second or stage two of this project. The first uh, first role, of course, was the meeting and the, the companion book, which came out. ComeHomeAmerica.us, and for those of you who are interested in maybe knowing more about the book or like a copy, you can always email me at AngelaAntiWar.com and mention Come Home America in the title, and we'll talk to you and hook you up with a copy. But the book has, of course, lots of familiar names, too. It has Cindy Sheehan and Sheldon Richmond and all kinds of amazing um, anti-war voices in there that are just really, really good. Or maybe I'm confusing. I'm hoping I'm not mixing up We Who Dare Say No to War, which is another great book. But with a kind of a similar idea, mm-hmm. but great big names um, and very very focused on the patriotic kind of tradition. Talking about the anti-imperialist league, talking about a time when America was really really proud to you know to to not get involved beyond its borders, that we didn't go looking for trouble, and that we understood that the little republic, as Bill Kaufman puts in the book, was what I mean that the little America, I'm sorry, little America, you know, the republic is what the Constitution and those things were about. And it's, and I'm using those terms, usually I don't really talk about those things, I come from more of an anarchist background, but for the purposes of Come on America, I'm kind of thinking, at least my part of it is, is that I'm learning how to use language that speaks to regular people, people who aren't activists, people who don't spend all their day, day thinking about, you know, Milton Friedman, Murray Rothbard, mm-hmm. normal human beings, you know, real Americans. And that's kind of what we're looking for, you know, real Americans against the war, real Americans against war and empire. But to do that, libertarians really have to get outside themselves and anarchists. And so I think, I think, I think anarchists who are really grounded are really good at this is getting outside of ourselves and learning how to use the terms meet the other person on that person's level, what the other person's concerned about. Are they concerned about the endless debt? Are they concerned about the pullback of civil liberties that has gone on in the past 10 years because of the occupation of the, of middle, of the Central East and Middle Asia? And Middle Asia, ah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've been talking about this all day. Um, the, to do, and to do that, we have to learn how to kind of leave the libertarianism at the door and we're asking others to kind of do the same with the ideological bats and just really focus on what this means. And I mean, I've talked, been having wonderful conversations. This has been a great door opener with people on, you know, on the right, especially um, people who are really, really thoughtful and are concerned and who think that empire is, you know, that's 
anti-family, it's anti-Christian, and empire ultimately is anti-American. And for, you know, people, normal, everyday people who still believe in those things, who still believe that there is an America where the, the, the values that the Constitution is supposed to embody, that a very limited government and real, I mean, that each person is responsible for him or herself, those values get undermined every day we occupy another country. You know, this is, this is absolutely um, true, because there's so many people, and I'm not just talking about libertarians but, um, or people who call themselves anarcho-capitalists or voluntarists, I'm talking about the left and the right so many people out there will, um, you know, attempt to slice the pie very, very thin. We need to get out of the war for this reason, this reason, and this reason. And if you believe that we should get out of the war for that reason or the other reason, then I'm going to argue with you about your point. And what happens when you slice the pie really, really thin is that you're left with a knife and a tiny, tiny piece of pie, and and you, you get nothing out of it. Whereas if you can build coalitions, perhaps you can get something done. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you. That's what I wanted to hear. Yes, coalition building. And this is going to be difficult. Libertarians, uh, you know what we're like. You know, we're difficult to take out in public, but this is the <laughs> situation where we don't, you know, we don't um, let our um, objectivist personality traits. I know I have them very strongly, where I say very frankly what I'm thinking, and I don't have a lot of patience for people who don't reason properly, who generalize, or who fall into the categories of mystics and altruists and collectivists. Mm-hmm. But I want, if I want peace, if I want, if I really want to see, you know, what my agenda enacted, I'm going to have to, you know, kind of get my head out of my, you know, anarchist rear and start learning how to talk to non-libertarians. And it's a hard project. But one of the things we're doing at Come Home America, well, one of the first, you know, the second kind of stage of it was something called, we call the letter, and Dear President Obama. And it's a very respectful, you know, in the sense that that makes most people who are concerned about things like patriotism comfortable. It's very respectful, very clear, and not very ideological. It's just very understanding about, you know, we as Americans are quite concerned about what is going on overseas, and these are the reasons why. I mean, as of course you saw yesterday with the stock market falling, I mean, that our actions overseas have direct consequences to everyone, everywhere. It, and if we, it's it's know, no doubt, and I, it feels like the governments of the world, the leaders, the the dark ball, whatever it is that you want to talk, um, call these these folks that are in charge, because it's hard to argue that there are some people that consider themselves to be in charge, and that other people consider them to to be in charge. That the crap is falling apart around them. I mean, we're seeing the Arab Spring where people are demanding, well, I guess, mostly democracy and some kind of voice in their government. Um, and there, you see the, you know, in, in Europe with, with, with England rising up right now, you're seeing, you know, folks that are saying, Hey, all you rich and powerful people got yours. Where's ours? And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I consider this, any of these to be principled uh, libertarian uprisings, but you're seeing that sort of the average guy is saying this crap is falling apart and we're not going to take it much longer and part of that is just the incredible amount of money and and blood that's shed um in all these overseas pointless wars well i mean the money and and, and blood um and you know if that appeals to, you know and if that's a, if that's what gets people to think about these things that's good if it's only their wallet that gets them to think about yep. this if it's only the patriot act <laughs> That's fine. I, I, I am going to take it because in, under these circumstances, the most important thing we do is get every, every, you know, we get the American presence out of the Middle East and Central Asia and it has to be done. I mean, there's, there's no, I mean, there's, there's no not doing it at this point. 
So um, the this uh, this project you have, it's working with a bunch of different folks. How does the average person get involved in it, and what can what would they do? What what are, what are you requesting from the average person? I just first, I would just have them go over to comehomeamerica.us and just take a look at the letter. And if he or she feels that something that 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 person can get behind, go ahead and sign it. If it's something that they have questions about. Feel free to email me at Angela at antiwar.com, or, we, and I, or I can put them in touch with any number of members of our steering committee who literally are from left to right, um, you know, that, that we can, you know, answer that person's questions, kind of share their concerns. We really want to talk to vets um, who have a lot of experience in these things and who can, you know, speak to these issues. Um, but, I mean, the focus really is going to be to, to non-activists and to people who just, you know, are regular Americans who are concerned about their country. And as someone, a great conservative lawyer put it to me yesterday, what does it mean to be an American? And he, to him, and I tell he's a man of deep religious faith, that using, you know, empire is evil. Empire is using domination and violence and might. That's not spreading peace and freedom. That's certainly not anything an American should be proud of. Yeah. You know, it, uh, lots of people come of, come at it from lots of different issues, um, and I'll I'll welcome anyone who wants more peace, um, you know, and less military involvement, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I'll take it. If if you would just just want to bring the troops home from 130 nations and put them on American soil, fine. Just get them out of those other places and stop the killing. That's to me the biggest issue. It is the biggest issue, and I mean it's it's my it's my top priority. I mean, we all, all, all activists have different priorities for different reasons. Sure. This one happens to be mine, though I, I, can, I think I can make the case that this, this, this particular issue is has such moral gravity and is such, you know, it, it's part of the, what, what is a, I mean, a deep, deep economic crisis would be the understatement, yeah. you know. To no doubt. At the moment. You know, so this, this issue really, I mean, this, this absolutely affects our wallets as a bread-and-butter issue, and it's certainly an ethical issue. So that's why I'm asking people just to give it, give it a look, give the letter a look and think about it. And if it doesn't strike you, and tell me why, and tell me what are the things you, can, what things you can't agree on and what things you, you, you do agree on. What do we agree with you on and how we can, you know, come together on some of these things. Maybe Libya should be a concern to some people, even if they haven't exactly understood why Afghanistan and Iraq are wrong. Well, great. Let's work on getting out of Libya. Yeah, I'll, I'll take one. ComeHomeAmerica.us. Angela Keaton, thank you for coming on and uh, spending a little time with us. Thank you so much, Mark. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to vaporsmiths.com.